2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke and as always I'm
1: here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. It's Matt Stewart, he's my very best friend and Dave's here. <laughs> <laughs> Happy
2: to get a mention. I love,
1: love that
0: jingle. <laughs> love, love, love. got to tell you and I'm not even joking, how good is it to be alive? <laughs>
2: oh, it is good to be alive. Are you convincing us or yourself? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's great to be alive, I absolutely agree. Oh, I could take it or leave it. Yeah, right. Well,
0: could you take or leave explaining how this show works?
1: Absolutely. I'll leave it. Thank you.
2: (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take this one. Uh, What we do here is we take it in turns to report on a topic often suggested to us by one of the listeners or a bunch of listeners. We go away, do a bit of research, bring it back to the group by the other two, listen to their report. Respectfully. (laughs) Always respectfully. Mm -hmm. That's my motto. And this week, it's Jess and I, our turn Mm -hmm. to listen respectfully as Matt reports on a topic and we always start with a question, Matthew.
0: Yeah, and you you only ever respectfully interrupt with dogship riffs.
1: That's right. Yep. Well, when Dave's doing the report, you and I are the sass twins. Mm. When you're doing the report, Dave and I are the polite twins. <laughs> That's right. We put our hands up. And we say, excuse me, Matt, if I could just briefly interject. Yes. With a thought. Um, but, yeah, we get on to the topic with a question.
0: And my question is this, okay? This is sort of like one of those... Uh, Beat the bomb style questions. It's not beat the bomb, but I'm going to give you a little bit of information, and you can jump in at any time. Okay, can we guess more than once? Uh, I think you're locked out. I'm going to lock you out. Right. So jump in only when you know.
1: Can you just lock me out <laughs> now? I'm going to
0: lock
2: us out. So we'll each have one guess, and then we'll be locked
0: out. No, once once you, once you're both locked out, you're both locked back in. <laughs> oh, this is too complicated. Okay. All right. The question is. Yes. I'm Locked. What city do the Melbourne. following? People, all right, Jess is locked out No, I'm going to let you, I'm locking you back in
2: Okay Am I locked in
0: or out? You can, no oh geez
2: <laughs> You what, started this What city?
0: What city do the following people have in common? All old do go on topics Oh. Benjamin Franklin <sighs> Julia Child mm. Isabella Stewart Gardner
1: Philadelphia
0: Jess is locked out
1: oh, I did the report okay. on that Good I don't level. know where it was
0: Edgar Allan Poe. Baltimore. All right, you're both locked back okay, in. Okay, because of the Ravens. John F. Kennedy. Larry Bird.
2: Boston Celtics.
0: Yes, Boston. Is. <laughs> it's a Boston. That is Boston. It's
1: Boston Celtics. <laughs> That's Larry Bird. Boston Celtics.
0: John F. Kennedy. I thought that would be the- Oh,
1: uh, yeah, Harvard.
0: So the- that-
1: they're all listed- <laughs>
0: On oh, no. Boston you know? Magazine's list of the 100 best Bostonians of all time Really? Wow. And some of them are definitely not Bostonians But they live there for a bit At least Alexander Graham Bell, a famous Scottish man <laughs> But they've claimed him, they do what we do Yeah, we do that Spent Love some time that. here, he's one of ours. ours Sam
1: Neil, Australian, <laughs> yeah. I think you'll find Spent 14 hours here on a Kentucky <laughs> tour, one of ours One of ours, Farlap, <laughs> one of ours Pavlova, one of ours <laughs> Thank you well, they very much. Kiwi a-
2: Bird, one of ours. Can I say, was that in order of, of importance for them? No, I put him in order of what I thought was increasingly okay. more it's obvious. Funny to right. put- That's why I,
0: I, had, I had to think of... Larry Bird was mentioned in, a, in the Jordan episode, but I thought... I, I didn't go past Kennedy, I thought...
1: Right, okay, so you just... Why are you sticking the boot in? I thought it would be obvious to you fucking idiots, but um, apparently I work with... Morons! It's like dumb what? little babies. Like stick the boot in harder, why don't you? It's like, I,
0: I, I mean, I hate that. It's like when a, you're doing like a, you're playing Trivial Pursuit or something, and someone's they're about to ask you a question. Like, oh, he's an easy one. Oh,
1: <laughs> what's the like, square root I'm my like, fuck you? Fuck you! You'd be an
2: idiot not to get this. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, good, good, nice easy one for you. Yeah, so Real d- slam dunk just coming up. Make it. A, there's
0: there's no winning all of a sudden. Oh, you got it right. Of course you would. It's of course easy. you did. Yeah. You didn't get
1: it right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that sucks. Uh, so anyway, Bob, I think this is uh, this is an episode where your accent can really come to the fore.
1: Khakis. <laughs> there's a guy. He's very big on TikTok. People will know who I'm talking about, and they might love him, but his entire thing is just mocking his girlfriend's Boston accent. Huh. That's all he does. Is okay. like is is shits all over her,
2: lovingly for talking
1: differently. And I'm like, uh huh. Accents that we yep. You say stuff different to me, asshole.
2: How does What's his accent? Let's mock
0: it right just now. Just like a
1: basic American. <laughs> basic. What is
0: basic American? Is that just from the center?
1: I guess. The, the exact center. And instead yeah. of like Cooper, she says Cooper. And he's like, ugh.
0: Cooper. Cooper. Did I do both? Yeah.
1: Because the Boston anyway. one's
0: a little bit Australian. Yeah. they so say car. Car. And we say car.
1: That's right. Isn't that wild?
0: Whereas right in the centre of the US, they say Carl.
2: I Carl. So we just say a silent L. Yeah. Yeah. But well, they emphasise it. We do a silent L. Where's the R-L L and that? Where's and the L in that? Pronounce Cal. the R and the L. Right, but they say
0: anyway. I know you've both had your hands up for those dog shit riffs, but uh, we're gonna get on to the topic at hand.
1: Oh, it's his big heavy boots he's got on today. He just keeps fucking sticking them in.
0: And we're gonna be talking about the great Brinks robbery. Brinks. Brinks. So Brinks is like their chub security or something, oh. I think. Oh, they've got a chub. <laughs> We've all got chubs. Well they've got a brink. They've got a chub, okay. They're on the brink. Of We've chub. got a chub. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, this was suggested by just the one listener, Michael Blankenborg from what? Victoria BC in Canada. How
1: dare you have such a fantastic <laughs> it's name, so good. Michael? One
0: more time. Michael Blankenborg.
1: Blankenborg.
0: <laughs> it is so I love good. it
1: because here's the thing Michael Blanken would have been incredible. Michael Michael Borg, Borg incredible. Blankenborg? How fucking dare you, Michael? That is amazing. Save some
0: for the rest of us.
1: Oh, I love (laughs) that.
0: So, yeah, there's this fantastic uh, breakdown of the story on the FBI website. So, you know, maybe they're tooting their own horn somewhere.
2: I just want to say I've uh, translated Blankenborg (laughs) on Google Translate. And it says, detect language into English. Blankenborg translates into English as... Blankenborg Okay So
1: Okay Well that makes <laughs> you think doesn't
2: it So I guess it's an English word
1: I guess we're not that different
2: Yeah <laughs> I love it
1: So FBI
0: FBI Yes This is a big FBI investigation right. So they're writing okay. One of their most famous ones They must ones. be
2: proud of their efforts. They're proud as punch Okay. do they solve the
0: case?
1: <laughs> <laughs> huh? We had some pretty good leads. <laughs> yeah, in the <laughs> end,
2: it went unsolved. And my
1: suit looked pretty good that day.
2: God, it looks so good. No
0: sunnies.
1: <laughs> they were new and I was trying something different and I could pull it off.
0: So, according to the FBI, on the evening of January the 17th, 1950, employees of the security firm Brinks Incorporated in Boston, Massachusetts, were closing for the day, returning sacks of undelivered cash checks and other material to the company safe on the second floor shortly before 7 30 p.m they were surprised by five men heavily disguised quiet as mice wearing gloves to avoid leaving fingerprints and soft shoes to muffle noise
2: right they really were like moving like mice like yeah
0: (laughs) scurrying along eating little bits of cheese (laughs) <laughs> All of them wore navy type pea coats, gloves and chauffeurs caps which were apparently quite fashionable at the time.
2: Right, so that wasn't that was just for fashion
0: not for. And it was well it was also quite similar to the Brinks staff uniform. So they sort of blended in a bit. <laughs> what what didn't blend in though was that each robber's face was completely concealed behind a Halloween type mask. Hmm. Right. Okay. Okay, so, so everyone's you... like, oh, hey, it must be Joe. Hang on. <laughs>
1: oh, whoa, 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 Joe, what happened to your face? <laughs> it's melting. Oh, my, oh my God, God Joe. Joe. Someone call an ambulance for Joe. Joe,
2: I can't hear you under that face. You sound muffled. Joe. <laughs> 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 Joe, Joe, please. <laughs> Everybody are worried about Joe. <laughs> oh, no, look, Frank's face is fucked as well. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, no, it's my face Okay. <laughs>
0: Guys, just wait right there. I've got to check the mirror. <laughs> Do I always look like that That's one of the other robbers. <laughs> they look, they're like, oh, my God, I look like that too. So the robbers did little talking because of the muffled voices, I guess. They moved with a studied precision, which suggested that the crime had been carefully planned and rehearsed.
2: Ooh, or they were dancers. Yes.
1: This is choreographed yeah. tightly.
0: They didn't. They didn't speak a lot, but they, what they did say was
1: five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Their movement did all the talking Yeah, for oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember, it's step, step, pivot, pirouette. Come <laughs> on! <laughs>
0: Somehow the criminals opened at least three and possibly four locked doors to gain entrance to the second floor of Brink's where the five employees were engaged in their nightly chore of checking and storing the money collected from Brinks customers that day. All five employees had been forced at gunpoint to lie face down on the floor, their hands were tied behind their backs, and adhesive tape was placed over their mouths. Within minutes they'd stolen more than one point two million dollars in cash. Wow. And another one point five million dollars in checks and other securities, making it the largest robbery in the US at the time. So this is nineteen fifty.
1: Whoa. So that's
0: big dollars. Big dollars. Probably about thirty million in today's money, but Wow. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a huge haul.
1: I wouldn't say no to thirty million. You wouldn't
0: say no?
2: Nah. What would you say no to?
1: Um
2: Because I've got $5 in my wallet right now. I'll have that. (laughs) We found no prize.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. No, she
2: wouldn't say no
0: to five. Would you say no to two?
1: I wouldn't say no to any of it, really.
0: Five cents.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a burden. Actually, yeah. Coins, I'd be like, nah. And even actually a note. Can you just transfer me $5? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't really carry cash. Transferring now. (laughs) Thank you so much. Matt, could you also transfer me $5? Okay. Thank you. I reckon I'd
0: accept down to uh, 50 cent pieces.
1: Would you? And then mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Okay, actually, you know what? I would accept $1 coins because at least I can use that in the washing machine. Mm. But other than that. Gold
0: coins are, you know, they're like gold to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, half of it, nearly almost half of it's in cash. Yep. $1.2 million. I Imagine, I imagine that's a lot of money to transport, right? That's quite yeah, a bit it was, of. Yeah, it was hefty.
1: Yeah, that's a hefty package, yeah. Yeah.
2: I can't
0: remember. It was like tons or a ton or wow. half a ton. It was, it was heavy.
1: Yeah, oh. even half is a lot. Yeah, it was some
0: portion of a ton. I can't pick wow. that up. Could have been a tenth of a ton. Wow, a tenth ton. No, I think it was. It was hefty. Yeah, it's it's a lot to imagine. I gotta tell you, I, I regret not writing down the weight.
2: I've only ever seen half that money in one place at once, so can't even imagine twice that. <laughs> <laughs> what, one point five million cash. Where did you see half that amount of under one my time? mattress? Okay, I sleep fifteen feet in. The air. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How did you get up there?
2: <laughs> a very lit, big ladder. <laughs> a trampoline. So you, you had the pile of cash, then you
0: I guess you put the bed on top of it? Yeah, that's
2: right. Otherwise, how will it be hidden from people?
0: <laughs> and the bed is just precariously <laughs> yeah, toppling. <laughs> the legs not touching the floor, is that what we're saying?
2: Yeah. Holy moly.
1: Is that quite soothing to sleep, like a waterbed kind of feel?
2: Yeah, because I've got the satisfaction that I've got uh three quarters of a million dollars. To- <laughs> mm, that must be a satisfying Three
1: quarters sleep. of a million dollars. Pretty
2: good. <laughs> Pretty good. Three- wouldn't say no to that.
1: I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> If there were no strings attached, I'd say, yeah. Yes, thank you you very much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) According to the FBI, as the robbers sped from the scene, a Brinks employee telephoned the Boston Police Department. Minutes later, police arrived at the Brinks building and special agents of the FBI quickly joined in the investigation. But there was no sign of them. They'd barely left a trace. At the outset, very few facts were available to the investigators. In addition to the general descriptions received by the Brinks employees, like melty faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: you looked a bit like Frank.
0: <laughs> but weird. Really worried about him. <laughs> he was acting all strange. <laughs> Frank would normally rob from yeah, us. He'd also- normally- <laughs> You know, come in and count the money, not take yeah. the money.
1: I don't know what's gotten into Frank. <laughs>
2: Frank's like, I'm, I'm right here. I was robbed as well. <laughs> okay.
0: Frank's losing it. <laughs> Honestly, he's suspect number one. Yeah. So, yeah, they got these general descriptions. Uh, they also got several pieces of physical evidence, uh, like rope that was used to tie them up, the adhesive tape that bound and gagged the employees, mm. and one of the chauffeur's caps that one of the re- uh, robbers left at the crime scene. Oh. But the thing is they'd clearly spent the time. It was a brand new cap, and they'd spent the time to unpick the label from it. So it And they were very common hats at the time, so there was really no way to trace it back to right. a store or oh. anything. Oh,
2: Dealing with up. pros, for sure. Yeah,
0: so even even the idea that they might have left it behind, they were prepared for that which is interesting. The FBI further learned that four revolvers had been taken by the gang. So there was security there and they'd taken those guns off them, but they had uh, descriptions and the serial numbers of these weapons because they were, you know, company guns. Yep. So the FBI noted these down thinking, you know, if they turn up, they'll, they'll be able to have a connection back to the robbers in the, Hours immediately following the robbery, the underworld began to feel the heat of the investigation. Well-known Boston hoodlums were picked up and questioned by police, like all of them basically. They just went. they were bringing everyone in. From Boston, then the pressure quickly spread to other cities. Veteran criminals throughout the United States found their activities the subject of official inquiry. A systematic check of current and past Brinks employees was undertaken, seeing as they'd got in through multiple locked doors. Yeah. They're like they were thinking inside job. Yeah. Mm. Frank. <laughs> inside Son Frank, Frank. bitch.
1: <laughs> Honestly, Honestly. I was tied up with you. <laughs> I'm sick of the lies, Frank. <laughs> yeah. You were yeah. the best man at my wedding. <laughs> now I feel like I don't even know you. Uh so yeah,
0: so a bunch of employees were taken in, especially any that had records. Uh criminal records. Yeah. Not uh, vinyl. Hit records. <laughs>
2: Ah, oh, okay. You Very
1: the, interesting. You got the Beatles LP, all right? Hmm.
0: Yeah, and and because they clearly knew the layout of the building as well, they're like, you know, it's all pointing towards an inside job. Problem. It reeks. Yeah, it stinks to high heavens. <laughs> uh, the robbery was front page news the following day, and the case quickly caught the imagination of America. But the robbers weren't necessarily public enemy number one either. It wasn't like the robbers knocked off the local church or the local orphanage, said uh, Stephanie Skoro, (laughs) who wrote a book about it called Crime of the Century. I reckon this is maybe the third or fourth Crime of the Century book covered. I do love a Crime of the Century. Similar to, like, the 100-year flood. (laughs) 100-year storm, you know, and that seemed to happen all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Scoro goes on, they picked a big company that could afford in the minds of many to lose this money, so people took a perverse pride in it. Got into the Daily Beast, the FBI tried to trace the money, Keeping an eye on racetracks, casinos and resorts where men of previously modest means might be suddenly seen spending a fortune. And they brought in, they were, you know, if you were all of a sudden spending money, they were bringing you in and checking your alibi, figuring out where you got the cash. So, yeah.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. It says here that you ordered two hash browns this morning. Usually you only have one. (laughs) What's going on, (laughs)
1: Hey? Suddenly come into a lot of cash, (laughs) have we? Oh, you were buying one for your son. Well. And where did he get the I money? Mean? <laughs> where did he come from? <laughs> did you buy a son? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you're white? What are you talking
2: about? Yeah. God, doesn't say where All of a a from? there's a whiteboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All that right. seems disgusting. Oh, my God. <laughs> and people do this?
0: <laughs> uh, over the course of their investigation, they spent $29 million. <laughs> The FBI spent $29 million trying to solve the $2.7 million robbery.
2: <laughs> because they arrested half of America. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right.
0: So many hours spent, so many oh, wow. officers and, and agents on the case. Wow. But according to the Washington Post, they were getting nowhere. They just they were sort of- It was seen as the, almost the perfect crime.
2: Right. And I suppose the more money you spend, the longer you spend on it, the more- People are getting away with it. The more embarrassing it is for the FBI, mm. right? So you're like, we just gotta keep, mm. we gotta keep spending.
0: Yeah. Well, another thing, uh, which I'll mention a bit later, there's a- another reason why there's, There's a bit of urgency, and that's because there's a six-year statute of limitations.
1: Only six. Only six years. That does seem short, doesn't it? So then if they're aware that the FBI is going to be looking at people who are suddenly spending a lot of money, you just continue living a normal life, Mm. making really small upgrades if you want to, and then after six years, buy a mansion.
0: That's really interesting you say, because a lot of sources actually say that was the pact that... Uh, some of them made. Wow. But apparently that's not actually true. That was there's a mo- uh, there's been a few movies made about it, fictionalized versions, and in one of those they made that deal. So people have started to right. think it was real, including like, you know, I think history.com even, or one of these sort of websites even say it. But uh this uh author Stephanie Scarr, she's like, yeah, that's not that didn't actually happen.
1: Yeah, wow.
0: But that would have been smart. Would
1: have been smart. Mm. 6 years is so short. Yeah. Wow. Need to lay low, play cool for six years, and then
2: they cannot arrest you.
0: Certainly, don't commit lots of crimes. Yeah, that's what I would do.
1: Yeah, I'd be like one and done.
0: Yeah, this is my last big job. Yeah, that's what I'd say. I'm going to get the gang back together just for one last one last last job. Yeah, Uh, they started receiving theories the FBI. This is and tips from across the country. Uh, They also brought in many locals with criminal records and checked their alibis. Uh, The tips included a fair few wild guesses. Um, someone from the other side of the country, from California, contacted the FBI and said that the money might be hidden in the ocean.
1: <laughs> Why is that funny, Dave? The FBI. The spent- ocean's very vast. It's right there. They spent $50
2: million looking for that money. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: We're on it. We've yep. dragged we've, we've the ocean
1: <laughs> and it wasn't there. Yep. <laughs>
2: we dragged the Atlantic and pumped it into the Pacific. <laughs> And then vice versa. All right, fine, other coach, let's do it.
1: (laughs) Let's do it.
0: Uh, A more promising piece of information was picked up when interviewing witnesses who were in the vicinity of the Brinks offices on the night of the robbery. They heard that a 1949 green Ford truck had been parked next to the Brinks building around the time of the crime. It's the kind of truck that could probably carry a a ton or so Mm. of, you know, cash or
2: other things. And it was painted yeah. green.
0: It was a, painted green. A ton Very, of feathers. A ton of feathers.
1: Pretty compact. Man, colors, I remember yeah. that
0: blowing my mind when yeah. I was in high school. That was like a, a trick question on a test.
2: Yeah. Oh, what weighs more, a ton of feathers or yeah. a ton of bowling balls? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Ooh. Oh, I wonder. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's bowling balls. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I've made a fool of myself <laughs> in front of everybody? <laughs> Well, I'll certainly not worry about this for the rest of my life. (laughs) Ah, the quiet moments in bed. I needed something to think about. (laughs) I needed something to reflect on at (laughs) 3am. So this seemed like a a likely key bit of evidence or intel. And, uh, yeah, they saw it that way and they pursued it, but the truck was not able to be located. There was also talk coming from the criminal world as to who might be responsible. Got in the FBI, rumours... Uh, pointed suspicion at several criminal gangs, including uh, members of the Purple Gang of the 1930s, Uh, Who found renewed interest in their activities? I love the name of this gang. The Purple Purple
2: Gang. Gang. Was they headed by Grimace? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Grimace was there. Barney. Barney. The
2: The two
1: mob bosses. Uh, uh, I wouldn't fuck with Barney. (laughs) No, I don't. No way. don't even think of it. Maybe Grimace. (laughs) (laughs) You fuck with Grimace? I could take Grimace. (laughs) I couldn't take Barney. I
0: feel like Grimace could take your punches, though.
1: Yeah, you're right
0: He'd just absorb them Yeah, he'd
1: just smile at
2: you Where you'd be like I'm throwing everything I've got at this Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like, just smiling that
0: Yeah, ironically not grimacing what at all What if I
1: <laughs> punched him off a cliff? How about
0: that? I reckon he would have a soft landing Just in himself
1: <laughs> Yeah, but he's not bothering me anymore
0: That's true He's down there <laughs> <laughs> Then you go down to the bottom of the cliff And go, ha, in your face yeah. Oh no Now I've got to punch him up a cliff
1: <laughs> Great <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm not like- going to make my dinner reservation <laughs>
0: At the family restaurant, McDonald's. Oh. Hopefully, he's not there. I assume he won't be. <laughs> oh
1: God! God,
0: This oh. <laughs> guy's <Skies> everywhere.
2: <laughs> Just trying to have a meal. Just trying to have a hash brown with my son.
0: <laughs> so I looked down. I'm like, oh, the Purple Gang. They're obviously like a. They must have been a, a Boston gang from the time. I looked into them. Uh, apparently, they're also known as the Sugar House Gang. Ooh who dominated Detroit's underworld in the 20s and 30s, but imploded with infighting. So a gang from a different state who didn't even really exist anymore. They were even being looked into.
2: Oh, right. Yeah, this is yeah, this two decades 50, after yeah, the implosion. 1950, yeah. It must have been those purple guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's a rumour going around the underworld <laughs> from
0: these local Bostonians who were there on the night. <laughs> they saw it.
2: <laughs> yeah, all well, the people who have committed the crime are like, oh, it- no, it wasn't us. I heard it was the purple gang. <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you looked in a grimace?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust him.
2: Uh, the FBI continues,
0: another old gang that had specialised in hijacking bootlegged whiskey in the Boston area during Prohibition became the subject of inquiries. Again, the FBI's investigation resulted merely in the elimination of more possible suspects. I think that was a, a lot of what they were doing was looking into people and ruling people out.
2: Ruling them out. So, when you say eliminating, they're not just killing everyone, <laughs> just well, in case. Well, that's how you rule out. Yeah, how yeah. do you rule things out? <laughs> well, even if you didn't do it, you'll never do it again. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah, the boss is just Keep saying, yeah, rule out another possible suspect. <laughs> I'm winking, mm. if you know what I mean. Oh,
2: kill Grimace. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> uh, of the hundreds of New England hoodlums contacted by FBI agents in the weeks immediately following the robbery, few were willing to be interviewed, interestingly. Huh. Hoodlums are normally uh, so very loose-lipped.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Normally they're like, yeah, what do you need? Yeah. I'm here for you. Do you <laughs> want me to grab your cup of tea yeah. and then let's get into it? Yeah. <laughs> I saw it all. I'll, I'll tell you off. everything.
0: You grab a pad, grab a pen. Yeah, <laughs> let's chat.
2: Yeah,
1: Are you comfy on that chair? Do you want to swap? You get you're all right. Okay.
0: A life ba- detector test invented yet? I'll
1: do one. I'll do one. I baked cookies also. Would you like some? They're very good.
0: <laughs> what kind of cookies?
1: Peanut butter. Oh my god. Chocolate chip. <sighs> oh yes. There's a lot going on. I'm back in. All right. You were off.
0: <laughs> all right. You've sold me. I'll take your information. (laughs) Uh, Occasionally, an offender who was facing a prison term would boast that they had hot information.
1: I got hot gas. Yeah.
0: Basically, like, you get get me out of jail. Yeah. I'll give you the robbers. And obviously, that never came to anything. Uh, One Massachusetts racketeer, a man whose moral code mirrored his long years in the underworld, confided to the agents who were interviewing him, Quote, "If I knew who pulled the job, I wouldn't be talking to you now because I'd be too busy trying to figure out a way to lay my hands on some of the loot. The massive information gathered during the early weeks of the investigation was continuously sifted. All efforts to identify the gang members through the chauffeur's hat, the rope and the adhesive tape which had been left at the Brinks proved unsuccessful. Hmm. It's not a lot to go on. This rope" You know, and this is before DNA testing and stuff, and CCTV and all those things that now would be make it very a lot easier to figure out. And
1: DNA testing is like more recent than we think, isn't it?
0: Mm, Yeah, we have talked about it at some point, but yeah, was I remember being surprised by it? 1986. Wow. According to the NCBI government website, and I trust the NCBI with my life. (laughs) with jess's life <laughs> yeah so that yeah that is way more recent than yeah. i would have thought a breakthrough in the investigation occurred in the early months of 1950 though according to robert e thomason writing for the new york times several months after the robbery two small boys from somerville massachusetts uh, five miles north of the brinks building found two guns on a beach at mystic river and you'll remember that they noted down the serial numbers and all that sort of stuff yeah. of the guns that were taken. Yeah. Well, according to the FBI, shortly after these two guns were found, one of them was placed in a trash barrel and was taken to a city dump never to be seen again. The other gun, though, was picked up by a police officer and identified as having been taken during the Brinks robbery. The serial number matched. Wow. A detailed search for additional weapons was made at the Mystic River, but they didn't find anything. But you know, this was a, this was a, this was a little breakthrough. Didn't give them directly anyone, but it gave them an area to search for. You know, they're like, oh, this area, maybe the people on our suspects list who are from around here will focus on them a little bit more.
2: And you know what the beach is right next to? The ocean. <laughs> and I've got a feeling that that loot is hidden somewhere out there. Hmm. Mm,
1: yeah. Get the pump. The
2: wet <laughs> bandits. It's got their...
1: Yeah they wet, sopping hands yeah. all over it.
0: Mm. They're M O, M for moist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're moist operator <laughs>
0: uh, Another breakthrough occurred on the 4th of March 1950. Do you remember the, the green Ford truck? Well, it was finally located
2: <gasps> on the beach.
0: It was chopped up into tiny pieces at a rubbish tip in Stoughton, Massachusetts.
2: Someone chopped up a truck?
0: Chopped up a truck into small pieces, <laughs> yeah. So, they could use some sort of a, like a, you know, like a laser sword. <laughs> a laser sword.
2: Wow. A lightsaber. Those? Yeah, a lightsaber. So, yeah, someone chopped it up, and then another person came along and obviously went, This looks like a truck puzzle. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put it back together. <laughs>
0: yeah. Apparently, uh, according to the FBI, as well as being cut up into small pieces, it also appeared that a sledgehammer had been used to smash many of the heavy parts such as the motor. So the truck pieces were concealed in fibre bags uh, and had the ground not been frozen, it, they, they assumed that they probably would have buried it, but it just wasn't possible to bury it. Ah. Oh, you couldn't dig. Yeah, couldn't dig into the ground. It was frozen solid.
1: You know what makes it freeze? <gasps> water.
2: <gasps> and where's oh the most God. water <laughs> in the world?
1: <laughs> Why doesn't the ocean freeze?
2: I think it does up in the Arctic. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> in Antarctica.
1: Wow. Wow. Sometimes just the, you know the beach in Victoria feels a bit chilly, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on the edge of freezing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh the truck found at the dump or the tip had been reported stolen by a Ford dealer near Fenway Park in Boston on <laughs> November the 3rd, 1949. Is that about right? Perfect. So it was a stolen truck. It was a stolen truck. It was brand new stolen from a Ford oh. dealer.
1: Ah, oh, from a Imagine dealer. Imagine.
0: We
2: found your truck. Awesome. Where is it? I'll come pick it up. It's chopped up into tiny pieces. Uh-huh. Okay. And where are the pieces?
1: Yeah, for a second there, I was like, oh, no, because I imagined somebody had just bought their dream car, but it's from a dealer. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. Whatever.
0: They were, the, the dealer got a call to uh, come and collect their cube.
2: <laughs> is it about my cube?
0: All efforts to identify the persons responsible for the theft and the persons who had cut up the truck were unsuccessful. The fibre bags used to conceal the pieces were identified, so they were looking into everything because they were fibre bags. They were able to figure out that they had been used as containers for beef bones shipped from South America to a gelatin manufacturing company in Massachusetts. Thorough inquiries were made concerning the disposition of the bags after their receipt. Uh, this phase of the investigation was pursued exhaustively, but it ultimately proved unproductive. Aww. So it seemed like they would have been like, all right, we're getting somewhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are they involved in the meat trade somewhere? Yeah, they
1: work at that factory. Are they cows? Can't rule anything out at this point. <laughs>
0: That's right. Oh we're draining
1: God. the ocean and we're interviewing cows. <laughs> well, sea interrogating.
0: Cows? <laughs> sea cow. Sea cows. I'm, oh, I think this is starting to add up. Yeah. Sea cows, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I'm thinking it is. And I know who it was. Seacouse. <laughs> uh Despite this, the location of the tip was near where two of the FBI's suspects lived. Joseph Spex O'Keefe and Stanley Gus Gasoria. Okay, Gis- so- Gasora.
1: So, the first one, he wears glasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> second one, oh, his last name has <laughs> Gus in it. <laughs> yeah. And otherwise, Ooh. it's hard to say, and so nobody would try- They'll just call him Gus. They
0: do nicknames over there like we do them here. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: that guy wears glasses all the time? Specs. Oh, you mean Specs? Love that. That is exactly right. According to Thomason, he got his nickname from his almost habitual wearing of horn-rimmed glasses. Yeah. He almost always wears almost them. Almost always. <laughs> you know, like anyone who wears
1: glasses. Yeah, almost always wearing them.
2: So the thing is, I couldn't see very well without them, and I like to see things, so I wore them a lot. <laughs> And they call me Specs. A lot of
1: backstory, Specs. Beautiful. Thank you for this rich tapestry.
0: (laughs) So Keith and Gasora, Specs and Gus. Specs and Gus. They had a history of committing crimes together and separately. And the FBI honed further in on them. Mm. They're like these two. make some sense.
1: They got a hobby, and they found somebody with a shared passion. Yes. And they're just partaking in a hobby together. They all happen to live near
0: a tip that had. A chopped up car.
1: I think that's really
2: nice, actually. That's right. But they also are mature enough to work separately as well. Yeah. Little- I think mm.
1: that's so healthy. Yeah. yeah. You know, you have to have your own lives. They're like
0: Hamish and Andy.
1: Yes. They do their own things. They come together. Mm. That's beautiful. It is beautiful. Oh, man. These FBI are like, oh, you boys. Like, what do you mean? In this day and age? Mm. Come on. It's
0: disappointing. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't in this day and age, of course. It was in 1950, but
1: still. I oh, see. So today and 1950 is the same.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, according to the FBI, local officers searched their homes. This is Gus and Specs. But no evidence linking them with the truck or the robbery was found. In April of 1950, so they'd be pretty comfortable at this stage. Still over five and a half years. For this statute of limitations to wind up, I got, so got heaps of time. Heaps of time, and in heaps fact, of cash to spend. Take some
1: yeah. annual leave. Yeah, go on holiday. Yeah,
0: we'll we'll figure this out. We'll get there. Let's let our subconsciouses work on this for a bit. <laughs>
1: yeah, sometimes you need to walk away from it, be in mm. a new setting. You know, be thinking about something different. So why you you have breakthroughs in the shower? Yes, I think you go on holiday, sit on a beach for a day. You're gonna crack this yeah. case, <laughs> and have a mimosa.
0: Uh, So, in April, the FBI received information indicating that part of the Brinks loot was hidden in the home of a relative of O'Keefe in Boston A federal search warrant was obtained and the home was searched by agents on April 27, 1950 Uh, Several hundred dollars were found hidden in the house
2: (laughs) uh,
0: But could not be identified as part of the loot
2: And how do you explain this? Yeah, keep a little bit of cash around the house just in case Yeah
0: yeah, I can't remember if I said it but they one of the first things the FBI did was contact all the people who had money and stuff stored figuring out if there were any identifying marks on any of the the notes or anything like that. It was all fully exhaustive and then and then the new notes they knew the numbers on those and stuff. So they had a way to track a lot of the the notes that were taken. Mm. Yeah. Another reason why you'd be smart as the robbers not to spend the money cuz Yeah. Um, you just increase your chance of being found out.
2: Were they hoping that people would remember what marks were on their money? When that's they what it seems like,
0: wow. yeah. Isn't
2: that wild? Yeah, I write my name in the bottom right-hand corner of every single note <laughs> so I know it's
0: mine. <laughs> uh, both men, Gus and Specs, had been on the FBI's suspect list since the robbery occurred. So, that was some of the locals who were like, mm. but I mean, that's true of, you know, the whole <laughs> Boston crime scene. So, that's not surprising. Uh, they were both brought in for questioning at the time, and according to the FBI, neither had too convincing of an alibi. O'Keefe claimed that he left his hotel room in Boston at approximately 7 p.m. on January 17, 1950. Following the robbery, authorities attempted unsuccessfully to locate him at his hotel. His explanation? He'd been drinking at a bar in Boston. Pretty good excuse. Uh, some bar. Which bar? You yeah, know, one of the bars. The bar. The
1: bar. What's <laughs> at the bar. How's at the bar.
0: The barrel, for the other Americans <laughs> listening. <laughs> uh, Kisora cla- uh, also claimed to have been drinking that evening. A lot of the key suspects in the end, their alibis were similar. They left at about 7 o'clock and they went out drinking at a at a barrel. Like, gosh, I wish we could fact check this some way. <laughs> I guess they were all drinking. At a bar. <laughs> Another early suspect was a man named Anthony
2: Fatspino. Pino. <laughs> And he got his nickname. Did he have a fat (laughs) spino? I guess so. (laughs) It's really big.
1: Well, it's it's girthy. (laughs) Yes. It's It's girthy. It's really (laughs) wide.
0: It's got an earthy smell and a girthy feel. (laughs) Uh, he had been the prime suspect in multiple major robberies. And it was said that the Brinks job bore a resemblance to his work. Apparently, he was great at casing jobs. He was known for studying a job and just uh, meticulously yeah, planning. He was a Virgo, <laughs> <laughs> but not a virgin. No, not Fats Pino.
1: Different things, though.
0: <laughs> Fats Pino. You know, it's so funny when I come in here with a, a story, and it's never the things I think that you're going to grip onto. <laughs>
1: I mean, you thought we'd get the answer and we didn't because we're idiots. But yeah, we're going to pick up on JFK. You know where JFK
0: was from, but you did know. Where Larry
2: Bird played for a decade or so.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I was being a bit rough on you because all those other ones were really red herrings, right? Because Julia Child was born elsewhere and she just lived there for a bit. So, you know, putting them all together, I was rough and I apologize.
2: You're forgiven, but not forgotten.
0: Never forget me.
2: <laughs> never forget you, right? So, he, but that sounds like the kind of job that he is involved with. Because yes. it sounded like they knew everything. They're in. They're out. They knew how to get through four locked doors. We never know how they got through those.
0: Yeah, no. So yeah, they're still thinking. Is it an inside job, yeah. or you know? Because I mean, they they're honing in on a few of these key suspects, but. They're also honing, you know, a lot of others as well. The Purple Gang—they haven't ruled them out. Most of them are dead now, <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't put a past them. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, when they implode that that gang imploded. They so, infighting led to them killing a lot of each other. Uh, that, that Purple Gang, but that's wow. a whole other thing. Wow,
2: they took each other out.
0: Yeah, but still on the suspect list. <laughs> Can't rule anyone out of this stage. <laughs> uh, so, according to the FBI, Fats Pino had been <laughs> questioned as to his whereabouts on the evening of January 17th. And he provided a good alibi. Probably one of the better ones. Almost too good, the FBI thought.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, Pino had been- I ad- wasn't
2: born yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn it, he's good. God. <laughs> I'm a baby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> baby. I'm a widow baby.
2: <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Here's my birth certificate. do know where to fact check it looks
0: legit. Yeah, because remember, like, IDs in the olden days were just, like, handwritten like a with a photo sticky says, taped on.
2: I am Fats Pino. <laughs> I am two years old. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. I'm a baby. <laughs> <laughs> goo goo gaga. So, his alibi was that he was at his home in Boston until approximately 7 p.m. And yeah. this comes up a lot. Almost like they're all, <laughs> all these people went, yeah, if anyone asks, he left home at 7 p.m. Right. Then he walked to a nearby liquor store owned by Joseph McGinnis. Subsequently, and McGinnis as well was an underworld figure. Subsequently, he engaged in a conversation with McGinnis and a Boston police officer. The officer verified the meeting, so the alibi was strong. But the FBI were still like, you know, it's 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 not conclusive because a trip from the liquor store to the Brinks offices could be made in about 15 minutes. Uh, and Pino could have been at uh, McGuinness's liquor store shortly after 7.30 and still have made it to the robbery. So, they're like, I mean, if this was planned, you know, go meet this cop. Just hey, yeah, hey, just hanging out. Certainly not up to anything weird. We'll be heading home with my bottle of whiskey or whatever. Yeah. And then race off. So, they're like, it's it's not out of the question. It would have been hard to do, but mm. it, it's possible. And yet, like I say, McGuinness, the liquor store owner, was another, um, he was quite a big figure in the Boston crime world. And according to the FBI, underworld sources described him as fully capable of planning and executing the Brinks robbery. He too had left his home shortly before 7pm on the night of the robbery and met the Boston police officer soon after at his uh, liquor store. On June the 12th, 1950... Gus and Specs were arrested in Pennsylvania on unrelated crimes. This is another little breakthrough in the case because when they're in custody, they can, you know, keep their eyes on them, they can interview them for longer. Mm, lean on them a bit. Exactly. Uh, so they were found in possession of the loot from burglaries they committed in Pennsylvania. So, th- I mean, if they were involved in the Boston robbery, they certain- certainly weren't lying low.
1: <laughs> right.
0: They just, you know, just committing more burglaries Uh, specks was sentenced to three years jail and gus was found guilty on a different burglary charge (laughs) he was found not guilty on that one but they're like but we got you on this other one Uh, and was sentenced to uh, five years plus in jail right both gus and specks fought their convictions in the years following being found guilty according to the fbi between 1950 and The underworld occasionally rumbled with rumours that pressure was being exerted upon Boston hoodlums to contribute money for these criminals' legal fights against the charges in Pennsylvania. So they're in jail and they're going, they're they're employing lawyers and stuff. And then the rumours are that they're contacting Boston criminals, going, "Hey, you should be funding this. You should be getting, you should be getting us out of this uh, strife over here." Uh, the names of Pino, Fats Pino, McGuinness, as well as a guy called Adolf Maffy and a Henry <laughs> Baker were frequently mentioned in these rumours. And it was said that they had been with Specs O'Keefe on the big job. So the FBI are thinking from the rumours they're hearing in the underworld that all these names are involved.
2: Right. And they're in jail now being like, you better help us out. Yeah. We don't want to
0: squeal. Yeah. There's so many great nicknames. I think Adolf jazz is right up there.
1: Incredible. You don't hear of many Adolfs anymore.
0: <laughs> no. Mm. I'm lucky. So this is 1950. You know, he would have been born in the 20s or something. Yeah. Back when Adolf was still
2: cool. Yep. He was stoked. As a name. When- yeah. <laughs> Well, he was stoked when he got the nickname Jazz. Yeah, he's like, Thank yep, God. that's
1: it. Jazz it is. Whatever. Don't worry you ever call about me
2: that?
0: it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, 1950, Adolf was really on the out. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> He'd already been questioned about his whereabouts, Jazz Maffey, on uh, the night of the robbery, but wasn't able to give any coherent alibi. Uh, Henry Baker's alibi <laughs> was also far from watertight. It was one of my favourite ones of all the alibis that come up. Uh, after the robbery, he told police that he went for a two-hour walk by himself around the neighborhood in the hours of 7 to 9 p.m. when the robbery took place. Okay, a not-
2: two-hour walk. Yeah. Not the greatest alibi unless he's knocking on the doors of, like, cops or something. He said, no, I didn't see anyone. No one else was out. Between 7 and 9. Yeah. No
1: Okay. Such a strange and long time to just go for a walk around yeah. the streets.
0: Unlucky for him. 'Cause it makes yeah. him look like he might have been involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: but really he was just getting his steps in. Yeah, getting and his steps. And he's ahead of the time with mm. that, you know.
0: He was letting his subby do a bit of work on
1: a That's on a try it.
0: He was working on some material for the upcoming comedy festival.
2: That's right. Yeah. How else is he gonna try it? Yeah. In front of a mirror? Come on. Come on, Come on don't be ridiculous. Come on.
0: He feels foolish doing that. Yeah, yeah, but when you're wondering everyone has a different process. And Baker's is walking around the neighborhood for two hours exactly. <laughs> Uh, years passed and Spex O'Keefe and Gus continued to stay silent despite the FBI coming to interview them in prison fairly regularly. They keep coming back to them thinking that, you know, they're separated from who they think the rest of the gang is. Maybe they're the ones that will turn.
2: Why would they turn, though, unless you're offering them a deal
0: or something? Yeah. But- yes. Uh, the FBI continued trying, though, as they hoped that a rift might open. They kept trying and they kept failing. Oh, dear. Uh but they're thinking, you know, you're inside. Hey, those other guys, they're out there living it up. They're
2: living it up. They're talking about how you're a couple of losers. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> they're saying, uh, those glasses he always wears. What is he, not see
2: good or something? He <laughs> looks terrible.
0: And how about this Adolf guy? <laughs> that's his real name. Don't don't believe him when he says it's Jazz. Yeah,
2: that's a nice Jazz Mafia.
0: So they were pretty confident, the FBI were pretty confident that Specs, Gus, Jazz, McGuinness, Baker, Fats that's Pino... And others including James Faraday, Joseph Banfield, Thomas Sandy Richardson, Vincent Vinnie Costa and Michael Geegan were the culprits. They had this gang and they're like, it's like all the talk is around these ones being involved.
2: Another, th- that's not even a nickname, Michael Geegan.
0: Yeah, Geegan. Love it. Uh, unfortunately though, there was just no hard evidence and none of the suspects were talking. All the people that could get to talk were full of shit, you know, get us out of jail, we'll tell you who did yeah. it. But all the people who they think could actually tell the story were, you know, refusing to speak. Mm. Uh, They all had different levels of alibis. A lot of them were about drinking in bars. I love the one about going for a walk. (laughs) But my other favourite was Joseph Banfields. Uh, According to the FBI, he was not able to provide a specific account of what he was up to on the night in question, claiming that he became drunk on New Year's Eve and remained intoxicated through the entire month of January. (laughs)
1: The I robbery happened s- mid January. That's a solid alibi. I was, oh, I was drunk. I was drunk from
2: New Year's Eve. They're like, it was January 15.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. What's your point? I was under a good thing. <laughs> I was having a good time. Yeah. You don't get
2: hungover if you just stay drunk. Want to keep drunk. this party
1: going? I'm drunk right now. I'm drunk right now, officer. <laughs> and can I just say, your uniform loser? very pretty. I'm just maintaining
2: a healthy
0: buzz, officer. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I can drive. I can go to work. I actually drive better when I've had a couple. <laughs> Don't tell your friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Apparently the FBI spoke to one of his ex-girlfriends and she was like, no, I saw him that night. He certainly wasn't drunk. <laughs> just sold him out straight. I was drunk the whole month.
1: Some people, you know, you can't always tell, especially if he's just keeping a real healthy buzz. Yeah. You know, he's not slurring like I just was then when I was acting. Yes, um, he was microdosing. Yeah, how, how would she Couple know? Is this hour. an ex-girlfriend? Yes. What would she know? Yeah. She sounds bitter. There's a reason they've split up, and it's because she doesn't know him. Mm. She, she, she doesn't never really get knew him. him. You know, <laughs> she wasn't in it for the right reasons. She didn't want to connect. Mm. She doesn't know. Yes. She was in denial about his state.
0: He whether was, he's drunk or not? He
1: was pissed, and not angry. I mean, like drunk.
0: Okay. While the suspects weren't talking to the authorities, there were rumours circulating that there were fractures appearing behind the scenes, which is exactly what the FBI is hoping for. Okay. Uh, But time was of the essence because the clock was ticking. Ah. And, uh, yeah, so years have gone by now. And then on November the 25th, 1952, a federal grand jury began hearings in Boston about the robbery. According to the FBI, after nearly three years of investigation, the government hoped that witnesses or participants who had remained mute for so long might find their tongues. That's a quote from the FBI.
2: Okay. I
0: think that's fun phrasing. Um, It's in your mouth, mate. Uh, (laughs) But unfortunately, this proved to be an idle hope. After completing its hearings on January the 9th, 1953, the grand jury retired to weigh the evidence. In a report which was released on January 16th, 1953, the grand jury disclosed that its members did not feel they possessed complete positive information as to identify the participants in the robbery because one, the participants were effectively disguised, two, there was a lack of eyewitnesses to the crime itself, and three, certain witnesses refused to give testimony, and the grand jury was unable to compel them to do so. So they had this this whole big grand jury and they're like, there's no there's no not enough evidence for mm. this. Thank you though.
1: Thanks, Thank you so much. Thanks for getting
0: us to look into it.
1: Hey, good job. Yeah. But um, bad job.
0: <laughs> that were just the whole thing was them just hoping someone would talk and then no one talked. But you know, it was just nice to get together.
2: That's right. That's it's nice to catch up. Worth a shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh
0: the following year in January nineteen fifty four, Specs was released from jail, uh, only for another jurisdiction to start a separate burglary trial against him. It just seems like he's just he gets out and someone's like, oh, we'll, we'll grab him. Yeah. <laughs> we got, yeah, we got one. Yeah. Uh, while waiting for trial, though, he was released on bail, which is wild to me. He seems like a real flight risk. Uh, but he headed home to Boston. Uh, Boston. Boston. And at, at this time, he was in and out a few times on bail, different charges, in and out. Mm. And when he was out, he'd go back to Boston, end up talking to some of these people, uh, you know, and the FBI would see him go and visit them have long discussions with him, And it, it sort of seemed when he was back in town, the underworld there got a little anxious. There were rumours circulating that he was out to get Jazz and Baker as he believed they had screwed him out of some of the money. That were some of the people supposedly he'd been asking to help fund him and that maybe they were minding some of his money. Okay. Luckily for Jazz, he'd been locked up himself on a tax evasion charge. So he was sort of out, outside of Spec's reach. Because was a hard man of crime He was sort of like a heavy You,
1: you know? don't want to fuck with him Yeah, exactly He was a real grimace Yes He'd take it. off his glasses And then he'd fuck you <laughs> Yeah uh, I don't mean sexually
2: He'd fuck you up He'd fuck you up Okay Take the glasses The glasses come off and you think Oh no, this is getting serious Yeah I'm about to lose my thumbs Yeah <laughs> he just- But he doesn't want to look No It's gross, obviously So <laughs> yeah, he takes he doesn't the glasses want to see off it. It's blurry But that does mean he often missed Yes He aims for your thumbs But <laughs> you might get your pinky yeah. Oh dear <laughs> To be honest, I'd prefer my pinky. So thank you. Yeah, Specs. get I, mm.
1: yeah. How would I text? Yeah, how would I text without my pinky? I text without my pinky. <laughs> I know. I, I kind of want to get rid of your pinky. Teach you a lesson. <laughs> yeah. You look like an idiot. Yeah.
0: It is a weird style you have. <laughs> uh, around the so, so Jazz is lucky. He's locked up. He's out of harm's way. Uh, around the same time, Baker, who was the other one who the rumors were saying he might be in the gun, he left town for a bit. He went on a vac- vacation with his wife. Um, Lovely. Possibly because he heard the rumours himself, oh. <laughs> you know. Uh, so, things, things seem kind of quiet in Boston. Specs is around. He seems like he's a bit upset, but um, nothing's really happening. But apparently, according to the FBI, this didn't last long. Two weeks of comparative quiet in the gang members' lives were shattered on June the fifth, nineteen 1954, when an attempt was made on O'Keefe's life. An automobile had pulled alongside O'Keefe's car during the early mornings, uh, the early hours of June the 5th. Apparently suspicious, O'Keefe crouched low in the front seat of his car and the would-be assassins fired bullets that pierced the windshield, but missed him. So luckily he just saw this car and he's like, oh, that's a bit weird. Seems weird, weird yeah. i duck. I'll duck. I'll duck. <laughs> Uh, a second shooting incident occurred on the morning of June the 14th. So, a week and a bit later, someone had to go at him again.
2: Did he duck again? Well, no, this
0: one, he sort of brought on himself a little bit more because <laughs> him and one of his associates paid a visit to Baker. They found him. And uh, Baker was apparently getting real nervous and he was feeling uh, very anxious when he got the knock at the door from O'Keefe. And he pulled a gun on O'Keefe, shot multiple times, and O'Keefe shot multiple times back and neither of them got hit <laughs> <laughs> The point black crane <laughs> Missed each other, Baker fled, not, a, not injured at all
2: <laughs> One shot in the air, one shot into the ground <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach him
0: <laughs> A third attempt on O'Keefe's life was made on June the 16th, a couple days later More than 30 shots were fired, probably from a machine gun Wow And O'Keefe was wounded in the wrist and chest But again, he managed to escape with his life. Relatively minor injuries. Uh, Police who arrived to investigate found a large amount of blood, a shattered wristwatch, and a 45 caliber pistol at the scene. Five bullets which had missed their mark were found in a nearby building. On June 17, 1954, the Boston police arrested Elmer Trigger Burke and charged him with possession of a machine gun. Subsequently, this machine gun was identified as having been used in the attempt on O'Keefe's life.
2: Burke, a professional killer... I mean it's hard to say it wasn't me when your nickname's trigger.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, what it's do you an mean? ironic nickname. I'm an
2: accountant. You know, I pull the trigger and people don't pay tax. You know? You want me to <laughs> file this? You want me to pull the trigger? You ready? That's okay. one of the things I say. Filed. <laughs> it's just like a fun catchphrase I have. It's
0: fun, I'm the trigger. I'm
1: fun! I'm a fun accountant.
0: <laughs> okay. So trigger had been hired by someone to take out O'Keefe. Right. Maybe Fats Pino. Maybe if that's Pino. That's what the rumors were. Okay. Wow. Uh, so this rift is really building between yes, O'Keefe and Gus and the the rest of the suspects
1: and the rest.
0: <laughs> Trigger, uh, he killed a lot of people. Uh, he was broken out of jail soon after this, but ended up getting done on a, a murder charge and was executed uh, not too long after. Okay. Wow. Yeah. He's like, this is how you treat your accountants? Come on. Uh, but I guess the three attempts on Speck's life were enough to scare him into hiding. So uh, he he went away for a li- little while after this. Probably smart play, I reckon. I uh, only took him the three attempts before he- You went,
2: okay. <laughs> All right, I get the hint. <laughs> you don't want me around. I knew that something was wrong when you shot my watch, okay? <laughs> I love that watch. Love that watch. <laughs> That's how I told the time. <laughs> <laughs> that watch was like a son to me
0: um, Yeah, so he was in hiding for a while But the police found him uh, a few months later And on the 1st of August He was sentenced to 27 months in prison For violating a probation
2: All oh, right, you're not supposed to get shot whilst on probation
0: <laughs> I think he had guns on him and stuff He was just doing a few things he shouldn't have been doing Right And it just seems like he just robs places all the time Yeah He was held in a prison in a different county For his own safety they so, like, we can't hold him in Boston because obviously there's people in the Boston scene that are after him. His associate who we accompanied him to that meeting with Baker where they just sort of shot around <laughs> each other, he wasn't so lucky. He disappeared on the 3rd of August and has never been seen again. <gasps> uh, it's believed that he was probably killed because of his association with Specs. Oh, oh.
1: he went to Fiji. Oh yeah, exactly. God.
0: He could have lived, yeah, we don't know. He could have lived the best life. He
1: could have had a great time. He could still be alive. Yeah. Be old, yeah.
0: It could be any, it could be like maybe it's Tom Brady, you know what I mean? Maybe he's old, yeah, <laughs> you know, maybe, yeah.
1: Checks out, we don't know, we
0: can't say for sure.
1: I haven't seen Tom Brady's birth certificate.
0: You haven't? Oh man, have He'll- you? Yeah, oh man, whenever I catch up, you show me that thing.
1: It just
2: says Tom Brady, I am a little baby, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but it's dated 1950, so ah. that makes him quite old. So just add. Plus seven years. Yes, again, you're a mathematician. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I've got to get something off my chest. Okay. I I ate- your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for
2: my wedding.
0: That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that felt that's a weight off my shoulder Yeah, it was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit.
1: He, that he was saving for his wedding.
2: I didn't know that. <laughs> Dot .com slash D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's better H-E-L-P, dot .com slash D-G-O.
0: So, O'Keefe seemed to assume that Pino was behind the disappearance. He also assumed that Pino was probably behind the attempts on his life.
2: Okay, you can't trust that's Pino.
0: And he suggested to FBI agents, subtly, but he said if he got out of jail again... He was going to take out Pino. He said it subtly, though. He said, he might find himself a bit of mischief.
2: Right. But he said that with a Boston accent. I'll take Pino out for a Pino, (laughs) if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Better than a Boston accent. Yeah. Uh, Despite all this, he maintained he knew
0: nothing about the Brinks job. And this was bad news for the FBI, as they saw him as the most likely to turn. But the statute of limitations only had about a year now left to run. Okay. So they were really running out of time. Uh, the mid fifties was a tough time for many of the suspects, getting in and out of jail, uh, and it was particularly bad for one of them, Banfield, because he he died at the age of just forty five in January of nineteen fifty five. Seems like it was natural causes, but this is the guy who was supposedly drinking for a full month. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, no real surprise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, that guy that went for a two hour walk, his health is yeah. perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He's, He's doing very fit. well.
1: Turns out he wasn't lying, yeah. um, and he's the fittest man in the world. <laughs> i got a PT. Ever heard of it? Okay. <laughs>
0: like, the f- he went for a two-hour walk. The fittest man in the world. <laughs> what is this guy? Could a you go freak? for a two-hour walk? No. Yeah. Oh. That's what I thought. And I'm the second fittest man in the world. <laughs>
1: I know. I'm the fittest man in the world. So, O'Keefe
0: remained in prison, and he was fuming. <laughs> Apparently, he was just stewing in his cell. He was writing letters <laughs> to the other suspects back in Boston being like, hey, come the on. fuck? What the hell? <laughs> According to the FBI, it appeared to him that he would spend his remaining days in prison while the other suspects would have many years to enjoy the luxuries of life. Even if released, he thought his days were numbered. He's like, you know, they're going to take me out if I'm out. If I'm in, mm-hmm. maybe I get to live a long life, but I'm in jail. Mm-hmm. There had been three attempts on his life and he's like, They'll have another crack at me, surely, once I get out. Evidently resigned to long years in prison or a short life on the outside, O'Keefe grew increasingly bitter towards his old associates. He continued to hit them up for cash to help with his legal costs, but as time went on, he was more convinced that they were going to let him rot in jail. I feel like it took him a while to take the hint. They've yeah. literally tried to kill him multiple times. Yes. he's
1: like, what the hell, guys? Guys,
0: I've, I've got some bills to pay. Whoa, whoa, I thought we were friends. Same guy. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I know that there was a bit of a misunderstanding when you had multiple people shoot at me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I forgive you. Yeah. Because we're friends. Friends don't hold grudges. We're, we got but, a history. Right, guys? If you were on the outside, though, surely
2: you'd go, oh, that wasn't us. Sure, we'll pay for your legal bills until the day the statute yes. comes up. And then you go, you are never hear from me again. That would be. Just keep paying. Yeah. You know, keep him, keep happy, him happy. happy for six more months or whatever, nine months. Oh, man. I
0: think uh, they could have used that kind of advice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just spend, you know, you've got $30 million in today's money. Give him the million, whatever he needs for his law law fees. Do whatever
0: you can, right, just to keep him happy because they must also know that he'd be the most likely to turn. Yeah, just keep him happy. But this was the thing. he uh, th- They really were like, why would he talk? We're so close to the statute ending. If he talks, he's implicating himself as well. Right. So, they're like, like, he's he's not going to talk. I'm in here forever. Yeah.
2: May as well take out these pricks. Yeah, exactly. So, the
0: FBI continued to try their luck, even though he was refusing to talk still. Uh, In the weeks leading up to the statute of limitations expiring, so there's only weeks left now, they visited him on multiple occasions, would not budge, until he did. (laughs) (laughs) On the 6th of January... 1956, a week or so before the statute oh of limitations God. was up. Wow. When visited by two FBI agents, O'Keefe finally, ready to turn informant, said he'd tell them whatever they wanted to know. Basically, was like, stuff them. Apart from Gus, uh, he was fed up with the rest of him. He, he thought that they just left him high and dry. I mean, they did? Yeah, it seems like they did a bit, mm. yeah. But also, it seems like, I mean, he was pretty aggressive about things they would have been like can we just (laughs) yeah (laughs) and why are you committing burglaries yeah so soon after
1: yeah the burglary lay low please
0: so over the following days he spilled his guts telling them the full story in a series of exhaustive interviews this gave the agents just enough time to corroborate his story and get arrest warrants with only six days to spare Wow! So it was cutting it so fine. But so
1: this is this is me if I was a police officer. I got six years to solve it. No worries. <laughs> That's ages. I'll get this done week before. I'm making arrests. You're calling around. Hey, do you know anything about this?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard about this crime?
1: Fuck <laughs> it up.
0: It's Ooh. funny because the FBI are quite proud of this investigation, and they did great work. Clearly, following a lot of dead ends, but really. If Specs didn't talk, it
2: was just a in nothing. In, it was just a bitter man. Yeah, <laughs> that's all it was.
0: So they were like lu- they were just lucky that there was infighting, basically.
2: Wow, and then so the way the statute works, if you've arrested someone by that time, yes. then you can you know have a or two-year even, I trial think or the whatever. The warrant is out. Yeah. yeah, right.
0: Yeah, now I'm going to tell you, uh, and this is basically a, a summary of his account of what happened, and it's been summarised on the FBI's own website. Okay. So in the years before the robbery was carried out. All of the participants became well acquainted with the Brinks premises. Each of them had entered the premises on several occasions after the employees had left for the day. So, they're just going in. Have a look around. Having a look around, just checking it out, really getting to know it. This is in for a couple of years before so this. It's
2: like in, when you're uh, doing a drama degree. you got to f- walk the space, yeah. feel yes. the, space, the space, understand it.
0: Explore exactly. the space. Exactly. <laughs>
1: I love it when your drama
2: degree comes out <laughs> Every year or so I get to talk about it once <laughs>
1: well, That's good enough for me Yeah, and you've chosen this Where we're talking about them casing a joint. You're like, yes <laughs> Like in drama When that. we're told to understand, understand the space exactly. feel it Get into what character What kind of energy is the space giving you? What kind of gait would you have if
2: you were in this space? <laughs> Close your eyes What if you were some sort of animal from the jungle? Now walk around <laughs> Like that animal. Now, lay on the floor. Look at the stars. Look at the sky. What can you see? Is this pretty accurate to what they made you do? Yeah.
0: <laughs> man, I would have felt
2: silly. Now, start just making some noises. Anything, it's okay. Just make some noise and everyone's <laughs> walk around the room going, <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> full, full body cringing. <laughs> I couldn't do it now, but yeah, I committed back in the day.
0: Oh, man. I mean, I love it. I'm jealous of people who can do it, but I just, Oh, man. It makes me think of when I when I did a, some uh, improv classes. I did it with Alistair tromble Birchall the Wacker for Cloaca guy. <laughs> As he's always known. <laughs> As he's known to yes. Jess.
1: Yeah, I was like, who? <laughs> and a few times
0: uh, he he came up to me and he just put his hands on my shoulders and brought them down. Ah! <laughs> so I was so, like, I was feeling so awkward and tense and my shoulders were, like, right up next to my ears. Yeah, I, no I didn't neck. even realise it. He's like... It's like well, I think
1: you're tense, mate. Yeah, bring that down, bud. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good.
0: So, yeah, back to the uh, the summary of, of what happened. So, during their forays inside the building, members of the gang were talking about the how they figured out the locks. Mm. So, th- when they were there, they took the lock cylinders out from five different doors, including the one opening onto... Street. While some gang members remained in the building to ensure that no one detected the operation, other members quickly obtained keys to fit the locks. Then the lock cylinders were replaced. So they took the whole locks out to a locksmith. Oh my God. Got, got keys, keys cut. made up and then brought the, the lock back and put them back into the doors.
2: I mean, that is impressive, but if you're able to do that, why can't you just do that on the day? Just take the lock out and walk in. <laughs> why do you need the key? <laughs> we're able to remove the lock, we'll get a key made. Yeah. Or maybe it's way faster. Maybe it takes, like, hours or something to get it out. Right, and, yes. You know, and you want it to be, like, a quick entry thing, but it is funny that you're like, we need a key
1: Yeah. for
0: but this lock that we can remove. It's, also, it's just wild that... Um Yeah, that they're able to have this much freedom in there.
1: Yeah, they're just wandering around.
0: So, Pino, Fats Pino, previously (laughs) had arranged for a locksmith to keep his shop open beyond the normal closing time on specific nights. Uh, He would then take the locks to the man's shop and keys would be made. The locksmith claimed to have no knowledge of Pino's involvement in the bricks robbery, though. So, the the FBI found this guy and he's like, oh, yeah, I know this guy, he made me open late. Yeah, those yeah, they were had, keys like this. had a lot of
2: trouble at his house. <laughs> kept bringing in the lock. He kept. He lost the key, so he brought in the entire lock at midnight a few times. <laughs> a few different doors. He kept getting locked out. Silly, baby. Anyway, nightmare. Fats Pino, he's a forgetful guy.
0: <laughs> that's Pino for you.
1: <laughs> Fats Pino, he's a forgetful guy.
0: <laughs> that's, where, that's where that jingle comes <laughs> from. Yeah,
1: that makes sense.
0: Uh, each of the five lock cylinders were taken on a separate occasion. The removal of the lock cylinder from the outside door involved the greatest risk of detection. A passerby might notice that it was missing, for instance. Accordingly, another lock cylinder was installed until the original one was returned.
2: Okay, so if you walk past, there's a lock
0: sitting there. Yeah, that's right, and the door can be closed still. Again, And I thought, oh, why wouldn't they just switch them all out and then they'd already have the key, but then <laughs> the, <laughs> the workers would come there and be like, Ah, keys aren't working. Uh We better change the lock. Yeah. Damn it. (laughs)
2: Foiled again.
0: (laughs) That's why why I'm not a mastermind. Inside the building, the gang members carefully studied all available information concerning Brinks schedules and shipments. The casing operation was so thorough that the criminals could determine the type of activity taking place in the Brinks offices by observing the lights inside the building. So they could be outside and they go, oh, these windows, lights are on, that means they're doing the counting these lights are on. That means they're, you know, they're doing a different job,
2: right? And you ha- do you, is the the counting is very important because that's when the most money is there. Is that why they have to wait? The most money's there. It's also out in the open, basically, right? Because otherwise, why wouldn't you just when you're there and no one else is, there, just grab all the money? But I suppose because <laughs> it's, it's, it's the away. takings of the day. Yes. So there's
0: this there's this little window where it's. They're vulnerable, basically.
2: It's out and about rather than in vault. They know the like.
0: security's in a certain area doing their check somewhere else and those yeah, sort, you know, okay, all those okay. sort of things.
2: All right, checks out. Maybe That's, I'm not a good criminal either. <laughs> just rob them now. We're here now. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's grab that pen. It looks expensive. Dave's panicking on one of the case. <laughs> there's no money here at the moment. Where's the money? <laughs> well, there's a jar of lollies in the manager's office. Take them.
0: The fat's pinot would blow his <laughs> top. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: would absolutely do this <laughs> We're not panic. due to do this for another year <laughs> I was promised money
0: <laughs> uh, Considerable thought was given to every detail When the robbers decided that they needed a truck It was resolved that a new one must be sold Because a used truck might have distinguishing marks And possibly would not be in perfect running condition Shortly thereafter, in 1949, in November 1949, they took the green Ford truck, and it was reported missing by a car dealer in Boston, but obviously wasn't found. I love how they picked a green one as well. It feels like it's quite a distinct colour. Yeah.
2: You don't see that many green trucks. Maybe they were big back then.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, Oh, just another green truck. Yeah. (laughs) During November and December of 1949, you know, a couple of months before the job, the approach to the Brinks building and the getaway route were practiced to perfection. The month preceding the January 17th robbery, they tried half a dozen times to do the job, but they were waiting for the perfect conditions. So they'd rock up, they'd check the lights, they go, nah, not, not now, not tonight, keep really? driving. Yeah, six different times. The last time was just the night before. Where they, they drove up and said, so they they weren't going to, they weren't panicking, they weren't in a rush. There was yeah. no Dave Warnickies in the crew. Oh, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I'm antsy. Because every time that happens, you'd have to like, Psych yourself that's what up. I was yeah, thinking. we might do it, but by the but by the sixth time, you're probably like, "Oh, it's probably not gonna. It's not gonna happen." <laughs> yeah, and then they're like, "Oh,
1: we're doing it." Oh shit! You Put tell your mask you, on. Tell your wife you'll be back in ten. You're <laughs> like, "Fuck, of course we're doing it now." Oh gosh! Great. I told her right, I'd get milk. <laughs> yeah, honey, I'm going for a two-hour walk. The <laughs> <laughs> Shop's gonna be closed by the time I'm done. No, that's ridiculous. I'm carrying millions of dollars home. Oh, she doesn't give a shit. She just wants cereal. She just
0: wants milk. So during these approaches, Costa, he drove uh, in a separate Ford. It was like almost like they were sponsored by Ford. <laughs> uh, and he would uh, set himself up on a on the roof of a building overlooking the the Brinks building, and he'd have a flashlight. And he so he would signal to the them. He'd have a better vantage point to tell what was going on checking the lights and everything, and he'd have a, a, a flashing light sort of system to tell him whether the job was on or not. Okay. So, six times he gets up on this building and goes, <sighs> not tonight, not tonight. But eventually, on the 17th, it happens. He gives the right flash. Chip, 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 chip. Probably like that. <laughs> That's what I would do. Chip, 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 chip.
1: Okay. So,
2: two chip-chip-chips for <laughs> yes. Three chip-chip-chips chip, for But chip, a no.
1: chip-chip-chip is five flashes. Are you watching his thumb at all?
2: <laughs> oh, okay, so five for yes.
0: Five for Yes. F- six for no.
2: Hang on. Was that five or was that six? Fuck. Should have come with a bit of system.
0: So it's the night of the robbery. They get the the right chip chip chips. Chip chip chips. Seven pm. You know that time they all decided on? Funnily enough. Uh that was also the time of the robbery. Oh. Uh huh. And the members of the gang met at the Roxbury section of Boston and entered the rear of the Ford truck. Banfield, the driver, uh, who was drunk that whole month. <laughs> <laughs> so, the right oh, guy God. to drive. He yeah, did
2: drive better drunk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm better after a few shots. So, he was alone in the front and in the back were Fats Pino, Spex O'Keefe, Baker, Faraday, Jazz Maffy, Gus Gasora, Michael Keegan and Sandy Richardson.
2: Can I ask, did the guy that uh, met the cop at the liquor store, was, was he there?
0: He wasn't there. No.
2: Oh, Okay, so it wasn't like he had six times to run to the liquor store, talk what? to a cop. Oh no! sorry, you're right.
0: Pino what? Pino did do that, but the other guy, the guy's liquor store it was.
2: Yep, he, wasn't. he was. He
0: was in the gang, but he was more of a right. But fast
2: Pino did every time he have to try and get an alibi. Oh my god! Six I time. never
0: thought about that. Hey
2: again, good to see you. Anyway, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course oh amazing <laughs> he's like we'll see you see you tomorrow see you copper. tomorrow maybe <laughs> if i'm not here then i've done the robbery what uh, no what Nothing.
1: <laughs> if i'm not here it's because i'm robbing <laughs> <laughs> never mind
2: uh during the trip
0: from roxbury Pino distributed navy type pea coats and the chauffeur's caps to each of the seven men in the rear of the truck each man was also given a pistol and a halloween type mask each carried a pair of gloves O'Keefe wore crepe-soled shoes to muffle his footsteps, you know, like a mouse would. <laughs> and the others wore rubbers. Rubbers? Uh, so- <laughs> <laughs> <Gotta> be- <laughs> Who are they <laughs> fucking? <laughs> Let's be- gotta be safe. <laughs> it's such a funny detail to have that, you know, he wore a slightly different kind of soft yeah, shoe. so that they knew that he was the leader. Yeah, but he wasn't. He he, was. He he was really one of the. You know, he was one of the heavies. But did he have to go in
2: first or something? Like he'd be the quietest of everyone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then everybody else is wearing tap shoes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is this a
0: signal from? What does it mean? So the truck drove past Brinks offices and noted that the lights were out on one side of the building, and they're like, "Okay, the conditions look right to go ahead." Then everyone but Pino, that's Pino, and Banfield, the driver, stepped out and waited for Costa's signal. <laughs> Costa, who was at his lookout post, previously had arrived in his Ford sedan, which the gang had stolen from behind the Boston Symphony Hall a few days earlier. So they must have also been doing that. I hadn't thought about that either. Getting They're- a new truck every night? Yeah, they steal it. Well, because they only, st- they stole that green truck but uh, in November. So they've had that the whole time I think but, oh, wow. the, out- but, but the, Ford the other sedan Ford, yeah was only stolen two days before so they must have had to steal a few different cars for him uh after receiving the go-ahead signal from Costa, <laughs> uh the seven men walked to the prince Street entrance of Brinks using the outside door key they had previously obtained the men quickly entered and donned their masks it's interesting it's, it's um seven people here because the reports from the people uh the the people who were tied up they no, even they couldn't Agree on how many it was,
2: right?
0: So they were sort of they were saying between five and seven. Hmm. Um, and
2: are the, are the masks all different, or are they all trying to be the same mask? Because that would make it, you know, more difficult to remember. Yeah,
0: I think they're all they're all different. But yeah, would have been would have been a better look to have all them all the same. Yeah,
2: everyone's got the same like ghost mask or something. Uh, at, these masks,
0: you know, mask technology wasn't what it is. So because they were sort of weird, they were they kind of pretty freaky looking. I'll show you. A, uh, one of them. Oh, oh wow!
1: I hate that. That yeah. is terrifying. Oh,
2: I hate that. It looks like a like a mannequin, doesn't it? Oh. Yeah. Oh, like why f-
1: does it look like Michael Jackson? It does, but look a bit like Michael Jackson. I hate that.
0: It's a bit creepy. Apparently, it's a Captain Marvel mask. Okay. So, I, like, I don't think it's meant to look freaky.
1: <laughs> I hated that. That made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. If, if I heard someone muffling
2: at me, like, "Whoa, hey, the ground." They're on the ground, I'd be like, "Oh my god, I'll do whatever this this <laughs> Captain Marvel wants." <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah, so they've done their masks. Then the other keys in their possession enabled them to proceed to the second floor, where they took the five Brinks employees by surprise. When the employees were securely bound and gagged, the robbers began looting the premises. They took everything they could. They did find um, one lockbox which had like the payroll for the for GM or some some huge company. But they didn't have the tools to open it, so they had to leave it behind. Um, And that was reported on a bit in the thing. It was, like, it was always a bit sassy. There were reports of, like, robbers take $2.7 million worth of things. Leave a million or so behind. (laughs) 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 The robber's carefully planned route inside Brinks was interrupted only when the attendant in the adjoining Brinks garage sounded the buzzer. They're like, oh, shit. Uh, before the robbers could take him prisoners, they're like, oh, no, this is another guy we're going to have to take. He just walked away, apparently just oblivious to what was going on. He didn't on. know what was he happening. He didn't know what was going on. He just walked away, and they're like, oh, oh close call. Great. They, st- they picked up the pace a bit, but, like, that guy had no idea until later what was going on. Uh, immediately upon leaving, the gang loaded the loot into the truck was parked on Prince Street near the door. As they made their getaway, the Brinks employees worked themselves free and reported the crime. Banfield drove the truck to the house of Jazz Maffey's parents in Roxbury. The loot was quickly unloaded and Banfield sped away to hide the truck. Geegan, who was on parole at the time, left the truck before it arrived at the home in Roxbury where the loot was unloaded. He correctly assumed he would be considered a strong suspect and wanted to begin establishing an alibi immediately. While the others stayed at the house to make a quick count of the loot, Pino and Faraday departed. Approximately one and a half hours later, Banfield returned with McGinnis, the liquor store guy. And prior to this time, McGinnis had, you know, been at work. He had a pretty good alibi.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he was more of an admin guy, I suppose. <laughs> and he was also, I think he was the one that cut down the truck. He did a lot of work afterwards as well. Uh, the gang members who remained at the house uh, soon dispersed to establish alibis for themselves. Uh, going to bars and stuff. Yeah.
1: Bars. They're going to Bars. <laughs>
0: Uh, before they left, however, approximately three hundred and eighty grand was placed in a coal hamper and removed by Baker for security reasons. Pino Richardson and Costa each took twenty grand, and all of this was noted on a score sheet, maybe like a Yahtzee <laughs> sheet or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's
1: good. Got to keep track.
0: Yeah, I love it, and also leave a bit of evidence.
1: Bit of
2: evidence. Who's got what? <laughs> write down their full names and addresses, copy of their license.
0: <laughs> uh, before removing the remainder of the loot from the house on January the eighteenth. The gang members attempted to identify incriminating items, so they also thought any marks or anything, they, they'd get rid of notes that had anything that was clearly marked.
2: Right, like my name in the corner. <laughs> yeah, so mm. all
0: your notes were in the bin. Ugh. They also, they tried to age the new money uh, just to make it less obvious. i
2: do that thing on the stove where you try and make it look old. Yeah. A bit tea, tea bags, mm. burn the edges. Tea bags
0: is a different thing, Dave, but, you know.
2: <laughs> they tea bag <bagged> the money. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's nothing to wage just the money like a little bit of a dip and <laughs> Weird phrase. <laughs> now the cup of. Yes, please. Can I remember those ads? For no. Te- oh, for tea. Maybe Lipton's. Maybe oh, twinings.
1: Ads really work on <laughs> you. <Yeah, laughs> they really, really, do.
0: really work. <laughs> so they were looking for any pencil markings, or anything like that, and they got rid of them. Uh, on the night of January the 18th, Specs and Gus received a hundred grand each from the loot. Uh Akif had no place to keep that much money though. And he told the interviewing agents that he trusted Jazz Maffey so implicitly that he gave the money to him for safekeeping. Except for five grand, which he took before giving the cash over to Maffey.
2: Right, but so that's three of them got a hundred grand. Uh they got it, yes. So they're keeping that on the score sheet or yeah, that, are think, they ripping people off here? I think I think it's all on the score
0: sheet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, But by the time it goes to Maffy, he'd already tried to store it in a car and it came—it was back and forth a few times. But anyway, he he gave it to Maffy, trusted him implicitly, but as he told the FBI agents angrily, that was the last time he ever saw his share of the money. Okay, so Uh. he really thought they'd ripped him off. Oh, wow. So he was feeling like he'd been screwed. And if he had, that's a real big blue. I imagine they regretted that. Yes. Uh, If they hadn't done that, I imagine they were like, come on.
2: Man, no!
0: he's so paranoid. Uh, while Maffy claimed that part of the money had been stolen from its hiding place and the remainder had been spent in financing O'Keefe's legal defense in Pennsylvania, which is what he kept asking for, uh, other gang members accused Maffy of blowing the money O'Keefe had entrusted to his care. So it's unclear what had happened there, yeah. but I mean, I think so. Part of it was stolen. Is not a great. I don't think most uh, big time criminals accept those sort of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I trusted you keep my money. Oh yeah, I did, but it's gone missing. Oh my gosh. Oh but no worries. Clever never Yeah. Oh my god.
1: What what's my luck?
0: Okay. Well, yeah. Why didn't you say so? Are you okay? Are you alright? That would
1: be pretty traumatic.
2: Yeah. Are you insured?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, O'Keefe was bitter about a number of matters First there was the money Then there was the fact that so much dead wood was included In his words Dead wood Like McGuinness Banfield, Costa and Pino None of them were in the building when the robbery took place And they all got a cut Which seems pretty silly to me Because he's talking about Banfield the getaway driver Yeah You need yeah, Surely you need them That's important Costa that's- the lookout Who gave him the signal that it was okay to Torch go Man ahead Torchman is not getting any cred Come on <laughs> McGuinness who you know did and, and Pino as well. They weren't in there, but they, they seemed like they were the brains of the operation. It he was Pino's it, idea.
2: And doing a lot with the locks and stuff.
0: Yeah, and, you know, McGuinness got rid of the car and all those sorts of really things. He's really
1: not valuing admin.
0: No. Like, he doesn't understand that all that work needs to go into it.
1: Many hands make light work.
0: I was the only one who physically took the money. Mm. But he didn't realise that, you know, That's he wouldn't so have got in there it, without yeah. all the other stuff.
1: Um, yeah, yeah.
0: But it was interesting that he... Uh, he thought McGinnis didn't deserve the money when he'd, like, cut down the car and all that sort of stuff. But he was also enraged that pieces of the, the car were dumped at a tip right near his home. So, that was the reason, one of the reasons why they were like, oh. It
1: might be him, yeah.
0: So, why did- of all the tips, you could you could have taken them anywhere. Why would you take it to somewhere near any of us? It doesn't yeah. make any sense. So, it just seems like it was a little bit lazy. Mm. Maybe go to somewhere where you can dig into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> yes. Yeah, chuck it in one of them swamps. Yeah. Maybe in the Bayou. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, after verifying his story, the FBI was able to arrest six members of the gang Baker, Costa, Geegan, Maffey, and McGinnis, and Pino. Uh, and they were arrested on the 12th of January, 1956. Just coming up to the six-year anniversary. Oh, wow.
2: They would have thought we are home Mm. clear Oh, my God.
0: Uh, At that point, O'Keefe and Gasora were already behind bars, so, you know, they they didn't need to be arrested again. And Banfield had died. Uh, He was the one who... Drunk for January. Drunk for January, died very young, 45. This left only Faraday and Richardson unaccounted for. They'd fled and were placed on the FBI's 10 most wanted fugitives list. They managed to avoid detection for months until May the 16th when their hiding place in Dorchester, Massachusetts was uncovered. I know I'm saying Massachusetts wrong. That must be so annoying to new listeners. (laughs) (laughs) I said it wrong as a joke for a while. Now I can't not say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently they were just, they were in this hidden room inside a house and they did not leave it for those months.
2: Right. Because they're worried that if they leave that room, They'll go to prison where well, they'll be locked inside a room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm.
0: That's right. And that, so the guy whose house that was another criminal guy, he ended up getting done for being an accessory after the fact. Wow. Yeah. Uh, before they were put to trial, Gus started getting sick. And uh, when he was visited by a priest, he got up, fell over, and died. Turned out uh, he had a brain tumour. Oh, and, and so Gus and O'Keefe, that was O'Keefe's closest mate. He's yeah. the only one he
2: actually liked.
0: Yes, in the end, for sure. Uh, according to the FBI, they had been close friends for many years, and when O'Keefe admitted his part in the robbery, he told of his high regard for Gasora. As a government witness, he reluctantly would have had to have testified against him but Gasora had now passed beyond the reach of all human authority, and O'Keefe was all the more determined to see that justice would be done.
2: All oh, right.
0: So, but yeah, I think it's, it was like this weird blessing yeah. almost. That uh, I mean, for him in a very selfish way, his yeah. friend died, so he didn't have to. I don't have to feel bad. Screw about- his friend yeah. over. Mm. Uh, the FBI continues with the death of Gasora. Only eight members of the Brinks gang remained to be tried. On January the eighteenth, uh, O'Keefe had already pleaded guilty to his part in the crimes for a reduced sentence. Uh, the trial of these eight men began on the morning of August the 6th, 1956, before Judge Phileas Forte, which is a fantastic name, in the Suffolk County Courthouse in Boston. More than 100 people took the stand as witnesses for the prosecution and the defence. The most important, of course, was Spex O'Keefe, probably the only one really required. Yeah. Uh,
2: Do you trust a man <laughs> who has to have glasses? <laughs> no. <laughs> who knows what he saw? He doesn't even know.
1: <laughs> I saw a blob and another blob, probably maybe up five blobs. Yeah. And they all had blobby faces. One of them had a really
2: fat Pinot. And yeah. then uh, the guy Frank Frank was involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Thrown completely under the bus.
0: <laughs> Specs carefully recited the details of the crime, clearly spelling out the role played by each of the eight defendants. And at 10.25 p.m. on October the 5th, 1956, the jury retired to weigh the evidence. Three and a half hours later, the verdict had been reached. All were guilty. The eight men were sentenced by Judge Forte on October the 9th, 1956, each receiving a life sentence or more.
1: Oh, whoa.
0: Yeah. Uh, Baker died in prison only a few years later in 1961. A few of the other ones died in prison, but they started getting released, you know, uh, after like 13, 14, 15 years for good behavior and whatever. They were paroled. And the last surviving member of the group was Adolf Jazz Maffey, uh, who was uh, released after serving 13 years. After his release, Maffey told the Washington Post, it was an adventure. <laughs> Pino kept telling us money was in there. He never stopped. It's hard to explain, but it was exciting. We were younger. Of course, I wouldn't do it now. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny to because you think of them as these... I don't. In my head, it's always, like, old, hardened criminals. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, oh, it's just these sort of young guys who were doing this wild thing. But basically, uh, one of the other ones got out and, and went back to his just normal job for the rest of his life, maybe 20 years or something, and apparently he always said to his kid uh, that he hardly ever mentioned it, but when he did, it was basically like, there was money there to be taken. Why not take it? <laughs> that was yeah, sort of logic. Say
1: that to your kids. <laughs> there's money uh, in like places like banks, and uh, you know, I think you, you could sh- just go take it.
0: I think that the logic was kind of like it doesn't really belong to anyone. It's just it's just money, you know. Mm. <laughs> and that's what you yeah, know. I think a lot of the public saw it that way as well. Yeah. So these big companies, like insurance companies, these security companies, banks. You know, it's just money. They'll get more money.
1: Yeah. They'll they get lots of money. F- the bank will be okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: they'll be all right.
0: Uh, so, Jazz Maffey lived till September 1988, dying at the age of 77. Spex O'Keefe, he was released from jail in 1966, the year the Saints won their only the <laughs> uh, VFL premiership, and he assumed a new identity, presumably under the protection of the FBI.
2: Right, and, like, no one tried to whack him in prison or whatever because he- yeah, He's
0: so, so many- I think he was he was in protective custody in prison basically. Yeah. And uh it's unknown what he got up to in his final decade of life as a free man. According to Thomason, he died in a West Coast hospital under a false name in March of nineteen seventy six at the age of sixty seven when they the uh, Thomason the journalist tried to talk to the FBI agent about what he'd been up to, he wouldn't answer any questions. Oh. Even after he died, it's like so, yeah. Even
2: after he died, he stopped talking.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow, rude. Come on, mate. <laughs> Nothing left to lose. Yeah, he was the loosest slipped of them all. <laughs>
1: yeah. Spill the gus. Uh,
0: reports vary on how much of the loot ended up being recovered by authorities, but it seems like the vast majority never was. Still to this day, according to the Daily Beast, only 60 grand of the money has been recovered.
2: Wow, that's a drop in the ocean.
0: Yeah, as reported in the Boston Globe in 2020, Stephanie Scharrow, who I was talking about before, who wrote uh, a book about the heist.
1: The heist of the century. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, she said that while there are many theories of where the missing money went, the likely answer is that the robbers just quietly spent it. The rest might be buried somewhere, she said. I don't know if you'd call it burying, but buried at sea is a thing. In the ocean, yeah.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but all indications are that the robbers spent the money little by little, often in investments that went bust or on gambling and boozing oh,
1: Man, you got to invest in stuff that won't go bust
0: Yeah Ooh, That's the trick
1: How do people not know that? One
0: of them bought a house straight after for like a grand or something <laughs> So you think about the money and they're just getting like, you know, conservatively they're getting a hundred grand cuts But they should be getting more if they were able to break it all down. But 100 grand and one of those grand buys a house. It's a 100 houses. What a fortune that is. So when I said before that it's 30 million in today's money, that 30 million gets you a different thing now than it would have then as well in terms of houses and stuff. Sorry to get uh, all economic. I did it. I did a unit of economics in year 11. Well, I saw we, someone we can break tell. it
1: down recently. It was on TikTok and it was also English, but I think it was still, you know, relevant. But like, you know, back in the day, even our parents' generation would buy a house for the equivalent of a year's salary for them. And now it's like six, seven, eight years salary for a bit of a shithole, to be honest. Yeah. So, that's just a wild kind of made me scream a little bit.
0: Yeah, houses went from a place to live to a place to invest in. Yeah, somewhere along the line, and it—it's for. The, oh, I think it's for the best. That's why I have multiples. <laughs> <laughs> you bought a hundred houses with your hundred grand. Yeah, I think that's fair. The
1: fuck did you get a hundred grand? You robbed a bank. The money oh, was there for yeah, the taking. Why not take there it? Was money Dave. There money there.
0: Oh shit. I said never talk about this, especially not into a microphone. Oh
1: my oh, I thought you were gonna say especially not to Jess. <laughs> yeah, we can't and trust. I it. felt so left out for a second. We can't I can't
2: trust like, her. What? what? It's
1: the microphone.
2: Like- we said we were doing gigs in the UK last year. Really we were just robbing bags.
1: Aww.
0: Ascara continues, it was truly almost the perfect crime. No one was hurt in the robbery, and that is important to remember. People still wonder how a group of somewhat bumbling thieves were able to pull off such a well-timed heist. Think of the popularity of Ocean's Eleven and its remakes. The idea of a crime with fabulous loot in which no one is even scratched is always compelling. So she's, I mean, she's trying to sell her book, but she's, she's talking it up. And the heist, obviously, uh, you know, was kind of cinematic. And as such, has been the inspiration for at least four different films. Wow. Including one called Brinks, The Great Robbery, starring Leslie Nielsen, but not a comedy. Ah. Uh, and and the Brinks job starring Peter Falk, Peter Falk, Peter Falk, Colombo, Colombo himself. Wow! One more thing. Yeah. So that's the story of the Great Brinks robbery.
2: Oh. Wow. incredible! We love a, a heist, and yeah. I, I'm amazed that we can still find ones that are that epic. That honestly, you, it would rank up there with one of the great. Heists. And I've never heard of no. it. No. Yeah. I have never heard of it either. In four like, movies. That's right. I
1: am a bit disappointed that it got so close to the mm. Statue of Limitations and then they all got busted. I hated it too. But They are criminals. Mm. You're right. But that does add to
2: the 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 drama of the story, yeah. doesn't it? The fact that they were a week they were a week from retirement. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> Literally, they could have retired on that money and then the guy snitched them out because stupidly they didn't look after him. Yes,
0: that was the only thing that pulled it apart was just the yeah. One article said it, the only thing they didn't think about was group morale.
2: Yes. Wow. But maybe, you know, the FBI are pretty proud of it. But really, it's just because of the guy stitch. Maybe they did some great psychology there in their ear saying, they're living out on, on a yacht and you're here rotten. I feel yeah. like that they kind of must stuff. have been part of it. And it does seem like they did do great work.
0: You know, about $30 million of great yeah, work. Yeah, lots of
2: good paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> it cost so much money.
0: Um, and yeah. then they
2: never got any of it back, but that's the price of justice. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty million—that's the price.
0: It was uh, funnily enough, well, I hadn't heard of this one. I'd never heard of Brinks. I don't think, even though it's possibly come up out of a different episode. But it seemed like Loomis Fargo is one of these kind of companies as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
2: we did the Loomis Fargo heist—that's
0: right—and and Brinks. But I so I put this topic up for the vote with two other Brinks. Robberies. So there's three Brinks robberies. There's even more than that. And it this one only just beat out an English one by a vote. I'm going to put it up for the vote again next time because it was so close. I'm going to do a second chance. And that's also
2: Brinks, though. Also Brinks. Yeah. Wow. Look forward to that. Always love a heist.
0: Yeah. But there's I mean, talk about ones you don't know of. There's I saw one page of of just all Brinks heists. I think there was like eight different ones. Whoa. I'm starting to feel sorry for Brinks. Yeah. Well, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, where we thank some of our fantastic Patreon supporters. Uh, I think I said last week, without them, this show wouldn't exist. And I, I, I I lay in bed thinking about that. It's unfair to uh, not also say thanks so much, everyone, just for listening. Keeps the show going.
2: Yes. Without listeners, why would we be doing this? So Uh, anyone who listens, anyone, thank
0: us. I mean. I think I could still make the show without you two, but not without the (laughs) listeners. Just be a man yelling in a room. Jess is not even smiling for the listeners at home. She is is looking-
1: Imagine. Fuming. Can you- I am so confident that if you tried to do this without us- It would be big. It would flop. It would be big, baby. Oh, my God. It would flop around the world. You'd feel like such a fucking idiot.
0: (laughs) I'd record all the parts- Would you? It would take me three times as long, but it would be three times as good.
1: I think it would. I think it would be absolute trash, (laughs) (laughs) and people would turn on you real quick.
0: I mean, if if they're turning on me, that means they've tuned in. So I'll take it. But anyway, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. But we love you. This section is where we thank some of our fantastic Patreon supporters. If you want to get involved, go to Patreon.com/slash DoGoOnPod. We know that not everyone can support, so there's zero pressure. But if you can. It's, uh, you know, what a bonus.
2: Ah, and we think it's worth it. We give you bonus episodes. You get to be part of the Facebook group. You vote on topics. You decide what we talk about. You hear about shows and get discounts on tickets before anyone else. So,
0: yeah. And the first thing we do is thank a few people via the fact quote or questions section, which if you want to get involved in, you go to patreon.com slash do on pod and sign up on the Sydney Scheinberg level. And I think this section actually has a little jingle. It goes like this. Something like this. You can do it. Oh, she's trying to prove a her point here. Backward <laughs> or question
1: ding.
2: I always remember the ding. <laughs> <laughs> it it is just uh, a man yelling in a room if it's just <laughs> you sound like you've lost your mind. But I think it has a little jingle that goes something like this, and then you sing to yourself.
0: <laughs> ah, I always remember the, the jingle. And the single. <laughs> and that was the ding. <laughs> I'd say I've mucked it up. Damn it. All right.
2: <laughs> Jess, you are Jess important. Jess was right in the You're end. important. Uh, so,
0: what this section involves is one of our great supporters. Uh, they give us a fact, a quote, or a question, or a brag, or a suggestion, or a joke, or a recipe, or really anything at all. Anything. And they also get to give themselves a title. The first one up this week is Logan Husky, one of my favorite names of all time. And Logan has got the title of plagiarist of good jokes off QI and passing them off as his own. Of that. Good <laughs> well, I think he really failed at the first hurdle then of passing it off as his own. Yeah. And Logan's offering a quote, writing, The problem with quotes from the internet is that you can never be absolutely sure who said them. And that was Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, good stuff. <laughs> thank you, Logan. The next one comes from Michael Derizzi, Okay, Go Chiefs! Uh, Chiefs won the Super Bowl not too long ago. And Michael is offering a fact, writing... In honour of my favourite team, the Kansas City Chiefs, making it and hopefully winning the Super Bowl, i got good news for you, Michael. <laughs>
2: He's been waiting for this to find out. I have an interesting
0: <laughs> fact about them. Uh, please declare it fun, Bob.
1: Well, we'll see.
0: Arrowhead Stadium, where the Chiefs play, hold the Guinness World Record for the loudest stadium crowd roar at 142.2 decibels. This happened when they played the New England Patriots in September 2014 and the defence sacked quarterback Tom Brady. For context, a jet engine is 140 decibels and noises of 120 decibels can cause immediate hearing loss.
2: <laughs> wow. So, all those people got hearing damage <laughs> yeah. from the people around them. Wow.
1: Whoa.
0: A bonus, hopefully, fun fact is the next day, the Major League Baseball team, Kansas City Royals, beat the Oakland A's in a thrilling come from behind 12 inning wild card playoff win. An incredible two days. For KC
2: sports fans. Okay,
1: the first bit was fun.
2: First, I can declare the second one dull for sure. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a, that's a rare double. Yeah. Fun and dull.
0: <laughs> it's a Rizzi, I love it. It's so good. If you could include a grim fact for me next <laughs> yeah, time, please.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, the next one comes from Angelo Del Judas. And I apologise for forever calling you Angelo Del Gaducci, which is so far off.
1: Wow. Oh, incredible.
0: Finally, uh, Angelo must have cracked and he sent through a phonetic spelling. Uh, look forward to me saying it wrong again next time. But, you know, if, if you want to keep the phonetic spelling in brackets next to your name until it gets into my thick head, uh, that'd be welcome. Uh, anyway, Angelo wrote. I was about to translate again, but I don't have it in front of me. So this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, need, I need to be reading the phonetic spelling just to get it right. Uh, so Angelo's title is, So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Give me four Bs, you'd say. (laughs) And uh, Angela's asking a question, writing, I do believe this is a quote and a question. How good is it to be alive? And that's a quote by, as he writes, Matty Stew. (laughs) Oh,
2: Matty Stu. And uh, answer the question? uh,
0: Very good. Very good, yeah.
2: (laughs) It's very very good.
1: Again, indifferent.
2: Oh, okay. We'll win her back. <laughs>
0: a- Angelo says, cheers. Looking forward to your 2023 North American tour. Hey, Angelo, me too. And Stephen Edmonds, Okay, someone beginning to wonder how long I can continue this joke, <laughs> has a question. And the question is, what is a nice biscuit? Answer, a thin rectangular plain biscuit with nice printed on top. A few claim to have invented it, including Arnott's, which brings us to another Arnott's product. The Mari biscuit mm. Which I've only ever known as an ingredient For chocolate hedgehog slice Agreed Our mum used to love cr- crushing up some Mari biscuits yeah. For for a few different recipes
1: Yeah, cheesecake base
0: Cheesecake base I think maybe it was in her lemon slice
1: Yes, yeah, yep,
0: yep but Stephen goes on Don't worry Dave This is a no-bake recipe Though so it does involve a microwave and a refrigerator
2: Oh, I don't have a microwave, sorry Just leave
0: it out in the sun Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've used a few different recipes over the years, but this one comes from our old friend Cookery the Australian Way mm. with, with some alterations. All right. Pens at the ready. There go. Yeah. This is what you're going to need. Yep. 125 grams butter. Yep. 160 grams caster sugar. Got it. Two tablespoons cocoa. hmm Two tablespoons coconut. Yep. One large egg. Beaten. Okay. Still wet.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> Half a teaspoon vanilla. Yep. Still 250 gram packet of Mari biscuits. Yes. How do you want them? Crushed. Fantastic. Melt butter and sugar in a microwave in short bursts, stirring in between or out in the sun, Dave.
1: It's going to take a while. On
0: the bonnet of your car. <laughs> Add cocoa and mix well. Then, quickly, because it will be hot, stir in <laughs> egg, coconut, and vanilla. Mix in crushed biscuits. Press into a shallow baking tray and chill. Top with a simple chocolate butter icing. Cut up into fingers. Some people will have included walnuts or glace cherries, but I'm not a fan. So I'll leave those out. <laughs> Appreciate that. Fair enough. P.S. I don't know if it would have been brought up, but I have a vague memory of a TV ad where the punchline was that the husband had returned from shopping with the wrong thing, where nice biscuits is what was written on the shopping list. Oh, yeah. I tried to find <laughs> the ad, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Go get some
2: nice biscuits. I'm going to come home with like a Monte Carlo or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one time I was asked to get staples from the shop.
1: <laughs> it's, my, it's one of my favourite stories about
2: you. Okay, you, you, went, you went to the shops to get staples. Fantastic. We all know what that means. Yeah, great. Yeah. And what staples did you bring home? So what was meant was <laughs> <laughs>
1: milk, milk, bread, bread, bread eggs, yeah. basics. I brought home a packet of staples. Packet of staples.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I what, think you know what. I think people just need to be clearer.
1: If they're sending me on an errand. It's so fun. It's one of my favourite stories of I love it. Yeah. (laughs) But I get it because I don't use the word staples for that kind of stuff. So, I I, I get it, but it's still very funny. Yeah. Just get milk and bread and you're like, well, I got a packet of staples. That should sustain (laughs) us for the weekend.
0: Yeah. I I mean, yeah, I guess I'm a literal person. And I guess I didn't have to do the house shopping for a while. (laughs) (laughs) that.
1: (laughs) <laughs> didn't have to <laughs> you learned you didn't you lost that privilege well, i mean i think i think
0: people just started being a bit more specific when they wanted yeah, things yeah. with phonetic spellings milk
1: <laughs> <laughs> bread. just in brackets
0: milk again bread i guess bre- bread maybe without the a yeah, <laughs> yeah. breed briad Bridget. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for those facts, quotes, and questions. Uh, always love getting a Stephen Edmonds recipe. Have you
2: uh, tried any of them yet?
0: Dave, I w- I'd love you to try that uh, that recipe there.
2: Okay, we'll have to buy the microwave. You can borrow mine. Thank you. Uh,
1: Microwaves are pretty cheap, dude. Just get a microwave. This
2: doesn't really fit in my cupboard. In my, uh, we had one, moved to a new place, didn't fit in the new cupboard, just haven't got a new, market, you know, we went, oh, we don't need it anymore. We'll get one later. No, it's just- been two and a half years without one. I think I've, I've learned to live without it. Just okay. wait for hard rubbish day.
0: I never use it. It's just a, my parents are going to chuck it out. I'm like, I'll take it, but I wish I didn't. It takes up so much space on a bench. Yeah. Bench space, honestly. It's that a premium? Is that a premium? <laughs> that a premium? <laughs> I have not used it once. I don't think maybe really? I've used it once. I like the stovetop. Yeah, I'm a stove guy now. Porridge on the stovetop. Pasta on the stovetop. My two meals. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right, well, that brings us to the point of the show where we thank a few of our other great supporters. Jess, you normally have a bit of a game based on the topic at hand.
1: Yeah. Um, (sighs) Alibis? Yes, that's good. Their alibi. Okay. They all where, where, at they, 7 PM. where were they at 7pm? Where were they at 7pm? That's the question.
0: All right. Should I kick us off? Please. I'd love to thank from McBride in Canada. Mm. It's
1: Patrick Penner. PP. PP. Patrick,
0: Patrick Penner.
1: Penner at 7pm. Patrick was ice skating.
0: Ice skating, yes.
1: Okay.
0: A lot of witnesses.
1: Heaps of witnesses, lots of oh. people around. Well, and people- it, Patrick was memorable because Patrick was doing beautiful- mm. Spins yeah, in Yeah, beautiful air.
0: spins But unfortunately was wearing a Halloween mask
1: So nobody could tell <laughs> But they were they were really impressed oh, Frank,
0: yeah. is that you? Oh, great work, Patrick Frank Penner <laughs> I'd also love to thank Oh no, address unknown Can only assume from deep within the fortress of the moles I'd love to thank Jason John Armitage Oh no, three names Jason John Armitage We know um, based on I, I love uh, Digger One quotes on Twitter Saw so one a little while ago. Was one of yours, Dave? Said people with three names. We know they're either a serial killer or or John Cougar Mellicamp. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember saying that. I couldn't sleep recently. And was reading Dugo on wisdom, and I don't care that it's quoting us because I don't remember any of it. No, nah. and it's all out of context. It's very funny.
2: <laughs> that is funny, John Cougar Mellicamp. Where does he come up with his ideas? <laughs> this
0: guy. We also we don't know who runs it. Um, but their pin tweet is very helpful to me because it has like a, a phonetic spelling of acronym Ohio. <laughs> That's
1: right. Oh, man, my favourite Twitter account. Very self-indulgent. But
2: Jason, John,
1: Armitage. JJ. W-
2: the alibi is, I was trying to perfect a backflip on the trampoline oh, in the yeah. backyard. Any yes. witnesses? Uh, no, but when they, the police come around he says, watch, I'll show you. And he does a backflip perfectly and they go, well, I guess he had to practice that sometime.
1: Yeah, might have could have been in the... Previous thirty years of his life, yeah, well, or it could have been just that one night, specifically
2: note. between seven and nine pm.
1: Hmm, okay, well, can't get him on that.
2: Great work, JJ. Uh,
0: I'd also love to thank finally from me from Burpin Gary. Wow. <laughs> oh my god! Wow.
2: Incredible!
0: In, no, really. What are you in doing? Queensland. I'm Gary. <laughs> burping Gary. <laughs>
2: Burpin
1: Gary is baby Gary. Baby, <laughs> he's got I... gas. <laughs> <laughs> baby Gary's gassy. Sorry, I'm burping Gary. <laughs>
2: I'll be right with
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. I'm, if that's anywhere near, I'm going to be in Brisbane in a couple of months. I'm going to, if it's anywhere near there, I know Queensland is a big is place, but I will. Not
2: tra- that far out, just fantastic. north of Brisbane in the Moreton Bay region.
0: I see a road trip coming on. Uh, but anyway, from Burpengary, <laughs> the whole community of Burpengary is sitting on the edge of their seat. Uh, I'd love to thank Fiona. Fiona from Burpengary.
1: Fiona at 7 p.m.
0: Uh, she was uh, picking up. A microwave
2: from Hard Rubbish. Wow. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Setting it up. That's right. Mm-hmm. Testing it, seeing if it had that plate on the inside, yeah. see if it still spins. Needed to
1: clean, but it was, works.
2: I'm going to my parents'
0: for dinner tonight, and I I don't know what crap of theirs I'm going to leave with tonight. They, I'm like, I should just say to them, please, op shop it. Yeah. I, I always leave with this stuff, and then I end up taking to the op shop. Yeah. Or it takes up bench right. space, which is at a premium. <laughs> at a That's premium. Rant. I think I still have their old VCR player. You don't need that. I
1: don't need <laughs> it. You don't need that at all.
2: <laughs> Get rid of it. The microwave is so old. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> you just, it's a walk-in microwave. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Sophia. Fiona, oh no, yeah, Fiona, we were already...
2: That's right, hard rubbish. Fiona from Burp and Gary. We'll never oh my God. You, never forget Fiona you. Fiona from Burp and Gary. Would you like me to thank some beautiful people? Yeah, go for it. I would like to thank... This person is also from Location Unknown. Can only assume that they are just down the road from Joseph and John Armitage in the Fortress of the Moles. And this person is Nami McCracken. Ooh. What the heck? McCracken.
0: That is a fantastic name. Nami
1: or
2: Nami McCracken?
1: 7pm, they uh, were... Um, Manning the barbecue at oh. A big family function oh, Someone's yeah. got to flip the chops Lots of witnesses, let me tell you that
0: Yeah, and they're wearing an apron with fake tits on it
1: Yeah, so it was memorable You don't forget a thing like that <laughs> Everyone said, that's funny That's funny stuff That's funny <laughs> Had the whole barbecue laughing Laughing and laughing That is classic McCracken, they oh, said Oh man, you're McCracken me up here, they said Nami's
0: done it again. (laughs) Nami went to leave, and they were saying, "No, Nami, stay." (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm doing (laughs) ostentatious's Australiana (laughs) Volume Two. Wow.
2: (laughs) So I (laughs) so I was at a barbecue. (laughs) Just to thank some
1: more people, Dave. I would
2: like to thank now from Dundee in Scotland, Robbie. Proctor,
1: Robbie Proctor, Robbie
2: Proctor. Um, gee, home
0: of the Stewart's Dundee
1: Decanter Scotch, fantastic, absolutely beautiful drop. But and uh, at seven p.m., Robbie was out on a boat. <laughs> yes, trying to find Loch Ness. Oh. <laughs> Just elapsed. <I> <laughs> trying to find that monster. He's out there somewhere. Nessie. I think
0: it's, it's what a wild way to try and find it. Because if you find Nessie in a boat, you're probably not going to live to tell the tale. It's all over for you. Yeah, I don't know if Nessie's. You know, angry or whatever, Predictive. but at the very least, you know, we protective. create some big waves. Yeah, probably protective, very secretive, very secretive. Mm. Yeah. Probably would probably at least be awkward. You know, probably say something like, "Sorry, I'm just out for dinner with my family."
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: I'm
0: not <laughs> doing photos at not the moment. Not
1: doing photos. Sorry. I- selfie, Nessie.
2: Thanks sorry. for understanding. Sorry, yeah.
0: but yeah, I'm sure you understand. Thank you.
2: I would also like to thank from Rochester in Minnesota, Rochester. Rochester. (laughs) It's Alexander (laughs) Buckholz. That's right. Rochester. That was on the book sheet about Jane Eyre. Rochester. From from Rochester. Rochester. Alexander Buckholz, who at 7pm was trying on a series of novelty hats. (laughs)
1: Oh, what did they end up going for? Uh, Cowboy hat. Good choice, but uh, it's a light-up cowboy hat.
0: Yeah. I was say, not a lot of novelty there.
1: No, you push a button and it's
2: f- it's like a full show. That on sounds Alexander's head. Fucking yep. sick. So the Love cops
1: that. cops saw the hat and went checks out. No worries. we'll Keep as you were. Keep keep moving. Uh, may I think some people as well?
0: The hat was also had one of those LED screens and it displayed the date and time on it,
1: which is very <laughs> handy
0: can't be faked He cannot be
1: faked Um, I would love to thank From Brunswick Victoria Oh
0: my god That's where we are right now Crazy Uh-oh.
1: Francis Bachelor. Oh, great name Francis Bachelor. Very Frankie good B. Oh, Frankie B Frankie Bachelor. Frankie the Batch Charmed I'm sure um, what was Francis Bachelor doing at 7 pm, though?
0: Going for a three hour walk. <gasps> oh,
1: wow. That's a long walk. That's a big
0: walk. Yeah. Fittest person, new record. Just Fittest around, person in the world. Just around Brunswick? Around or like Brunswick. they. Wow. Yeah, they went up to uh, Hot Potatoes. Yep. See if there's any bargains for sale. If wow. that shop's still open. Uh, they also went to. <laughs> I'm trying to think of Brunswick Landmark.
1: Multiple Coles.
0: Yeah, they went the good to the multiple Coles. Coals. The
1: Coles. Shit Coles. Yep. Uh, the Shit IGA.
0: Yeah, they went, crust pizza. went to uh, Lobs Cafe, uh, bought a few wedding dresses.
1: Yeah, oh, God, so many <laughs> wedding dress shops. <laughs> went to um, Alicia.
0: So you really got a,
1: a lot done, Francis. Yeah,
0: got, got a impressive. Turkish bread. Tried on a couple of pairs of du jour jeans. <laughs> yeah, had them tailored. So okay. Gotta go
1: back, pick them up. Next week. Got that pink slip. Fantastic. Great uh, work. Thank you, Francis. I would also like to thank from Paddington in Queensland. You know, there was a Paddington in Queensland. Maria
0: Wolford. Maria Wolford. Maria Wolford. What Maria was up to, um, and this was really good, she was catching a foul ball at Fenway Park.
1: Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Um, There's that's obviously going to cool. be some
0: footage of that. Yeah. Well, unfortunately not. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the FBI. Went through the footage and yeah, for some reason it didn't happen, but Maria swears it did. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) She has a ball. If you want any more proof, then speak to her lawyer. Yeah. God. (laughs) He's got it.
1: These FBI, they ask a lot, don't they? She's got a ball. She's got a ball. We get it. Where else could she have got that from? Yeah. (laughs) Idiots.
0: I mean, yeah. She flew over to Boston Yeah. and back on the night. Easy. She just got one of the return flights on the night. (laughs) It's not that hard.
1: And finally, for me, I would love to thank from Colorado Springs in Colorado, Ben Randles. Ben Randalls was
2: performing in an <gasps> Arnold Schwarzenegger impression competition and- How'd Ben go? Came second. Oh,
1: that's pretty, not bad. Pretty good. That's not bad. Is it because Arnie turned up? Yeah, he turned up, but it, Arnie actually
2: came third. Wow, that's embarrassing. He beat- he was better at being Arnie than Arnie is. Wow. And then another guy was better at being Arnie than Ben is. So Arnie felt really embarrassed. And he said, I'll be back next year.
0: There's a, a, a Damien Cow it? song yeah. called uh, Barry Gibb came second in a Barry Gibb lookalike competition.
1: <laughs> That's very good.
0: <laughs> well, that uh, that brings us to the Triptych Club. Now, Jess, you're the best at explaining how this works.
1: Yes. So, if you um, support do Go on at Patreon.com, <laughs> 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 slash go on pod, for three consecutive years, you are welcomed uh, warmly into the Trip Ditch Club. It's a an exclusive, but not in a weird way, cool club, but not in a cult way. Um, where we've got yeah. we've got a bar, we've got a kitchen, make you some food, we got
0: a barrel, we got a bar. <laughs> <We listeners>.
1: <Yeah>. Um uh and and everything you could possibly desire. Dave usually books a band. I'm behind the bar with snacks and stuff. Dave, have you booked a band? You're never gonna believe it.
2: What? Boston's own. The mighty mighty Bostones oh. are dropping by the barrel. Oh, No relation. No
1: relation.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. That is huge. That's the impression that I get is one of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh Knock on Wood. Wait, that's the same song? <laughs> yeah, that's the same, <laughs> yeah, the same song. But The Rascal King. Worth mentioning twice. That's another one of theirs, I think. Oh, that's great. They only just recently broke up. Oh. Uh, but they're back together for
2: one night only.
1: Wow. We've got so many people to welcome into the club this week All as right, well. Okay, so h- how it works is Matt's going to raise up the velvet rope. Um, read out your name Everybody's going to be cheering Dave's going to hype you up I'm going to hype Dave up It's going to be wild It's so going to be a in. big
0: party tonight. This is going to be big Yeah uh, So excited to be welcoming We're going to be drunk in- for a month Yes <laughs> 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 uh, So let me kick it off Here we go You ready Dave? Here we go This list is so long I'm going to lose my mind Alright from Altona Meadows Here in Victoria It's Daniel Armand. Something about nuts <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Come on, here we go
2: The, <laughs> the <night laughs> First one, here we go <laughs> The night has become nutty It's Daniel Armand
0: <laughs> From Wellington in Somerset in Great Britain It's Aaron Filler This
2: night is all Aaron, no Filler <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> From Hearst in Texas in the United States It's Tim Liggett This person's
2: not from the worst They're from Hearst, it's Tim Liggett
0: the next person from, oh, address unknown, from deep within the fortress of the Knolls, it's Tim Knott.
2: I actually really dislike this person. Knott? That's my Tim uncle. <laughs> Tim That's Nott. my uncle. Oh, there you go. Uh, uncle Tim. Uh, the joke there is that I do like this person. <laughs> For
0: people who don't know, uh, Perkins is a stage name. Jess's real surname is Not. Jess. It's not.
1: That's not how families work,
0: okay? <laughs> Everyone has the same name. From Brunswick <laughs> East in Victoria, Australia, it's Michael Russell. Let me Russell up a Michael and oh, here he oh, is. Oh, from uh, Hayward in California, yeah, it's Chad. Chad.
2: <laughs> I love Chad.
1: Chad. I love you, Chad. Chad from California.
0: Well, this
2: ain't no fad. This is a Chad.
0: <laughs> Woo! From Bonnie Thorne in the Australian Capital Territory, it's Jaden Black. We're back in Jaden. Black. (laughs) From Heathfield in Essex in Great Britain, it's George. 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 Uh, <laughs> forge, forge, forge on, for forge John, George on, George on. <laughs> yeah, the
1: party George is woo. on.
0: Woo! From Lemgo in
2: Deutschland, it's Frederick Heinen. I'm gonna Lemgo Let you, let you go. Yes. in. let Lem go in. Yeah, woo! <laughs> Triptych Club
0: from Tomball in Texas in the United States. It's Alan Peach. This night is getting pretty Alan peachy. <laughs> From Babinda in Queensland, Australia, it's Anne Penny. In for an Anne,
2: in for a penny. <laughs> <laughs> From uh, Melbourne, Australia, it's Shelby Seddon. This night ain't sedentary, it's Shelby Seddon.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> From tree.
0: Auckland in New Zealand, it's Jenny Stringleman. Oh my God, every name is so good today. <laughs> no, uh,
2: Stringleman. <laughs> Um, no! oh, if I was a single man, I'd ask there you to marry me There it is From <laughs> Auckland Sorry, that's <laughs>
0: From, uh, from <laughs> me. M- Mullinger in Ireland, it's Alan Coyle oh, I was prepared to shuffle off this mortal coil <laughs> And then I met
2: Alan and now I'm back in baby yes. From
0: Tulsa, Oklahoma, it's Jeanette A. Newton
2: Jeanette Jeanette A. Newton's Cradle You're cradling this night Newton's Cradle, you know that thing that the balls go back and forth? (laughs) Sure From
0: Dublin in Ireland
2: It's Robin Blakey I ain't no fakey, I'm Robin Blakey Blakey. And
0: finally from Panania In New South Wales, Australia It's Beck Gardner There's
2: one person I dig It's (laughs) Beck Gardner
0: This was your best, I reckon Yeah, I agree (laughs) Thank you so much to, and welcome in Beck, Robin, Jeanette, Alan, Jenny, Shelby, Anne, Alan, Frederick, George, Jaden, Chad, Michael, Tim, Tim, Aaron and Daniel (laughs) Tim, -tim. oh my god, I missed Cassie from Brunswick
2: Cassie He's lost it now Yeah, I'm I'm out of the zone Uh, Cassie uh Cos Sheep,
0: also known as No Sheep
2: Oh, yeah, you ain't no sheep. You're Cassie. Yeah.
0: And finally, from address unknown, assumingly from deep within the fortress of the moles, it's Jen Wilson. Jen Wilson. Wilson.
2: Wilson, Wilson, you're 10 out of Jen.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much Also to Jen and Cassie Once again And welcome into the club Make yourselves at home Now that brings us To the end of the episode People do want to get involved Go to patreon.com Slash dogoonpod What else do we need To tell people Jess
1: That they can go to our website Doggoonpod.com Find us at pod Across all social media And you can suggest a topic Uh, There's Mm. a link in the show notes And it's also on our website There's
0: also other podcasts In our network Dave does a great show About classic novels Called Book Cheat Where he reads the book So you don't have to
2: Stop reading I've done it for you
0: (laughs) And I do a show called who knew it with matt stewart where uh i write a quiz no actually the listeners basically do so i don't have to and it's uh, just a bit of fun just does a podcast called simply the jest check out all these as well if you're looking for another thing to look for now dave boot this baby home
2: we'll be back next week with another episode but until then also thank you so much for listening and goodbye
1: Later. Bye. Bye.